Welcome to this week's edition of Talk on Tech. I am Patrick Smith, and today we have an interview-only episode, but with a lot of people today. So to give you some context for the people we're talking to today, I was originally one of Scott Nicholas's Microsoft students. I went through the program, I graduated in 2001, and I had myself an associate's degree. And a couple semesters later, I think probably two years, Scott and Rhonda Scragg called me and said, hey, you want to teach some adjunct classes? And I would teach odd and end classes, IT 101s, introductory computers, and stuff like that. And one semester, Scott was moving his Windows 2000 classes, so the server classes I had taken to him at the very end, to 2003. And he wanted my help in finishing off the last class of his Windows 2000 server classes while he went ahead and started 2003. And I thought, yeah, that sounds great. That's stuff that I know. Although, at the time, I should have thought about, I'm a little rusty on that. <laughs> so, during those final three classes, I met two of the people we're interviewing today, Rick Bledsoe and David Kalinowski, and they were Scott's final class in 2000, and Scott was already on his merry way to 2003. Years after that, I got uh, to be a full-time teacher. I got to teach Server 2003 myself when I was full-time there in 2008 and now 2012, but I had never forgotten those three fateful classes I got to teach that had Rick and Dave in it. And I learned an important lesson that I will that I will bring up later in this podcast. So today we Don't have Don't do it, man. Don't do it. <laughs> we have we have Scott Nicholas. Hey, yes. Yeah, that's me. We have Rick Bledsoe. Hey. And we have David Kalinowski. Good to see you again. Yeah, this is a bit this is a bit of a, a Microsoft reunion, much like the mm-hmm. Ryan Satterfield reunion from NT four in two thousand. Mm-hmm. Now this is a reunion from Server two thousand as well. So I guess to start the podcast off, guys, we typically ask people, what was your first taste of technology as a kid, and, and, and what did you do in high school when it came to technology? So, Rick, I'll go ahead and let you start. What was what was your first foray into the technology field? Well, I, I would have to say, of anybody in my age group, it's typically the Atari 2600. Okay. Uh, the, the old uh, um, plywood version, not, well, the uh, particle board for, uh, version. <laughs> The wooden one—that's the one I'm trying to think of, not the, the later smaller plastic one. But and, and then after that, it was really just primarily video game systems. It went from the Atari to ColecoVision, and then for years I went without anything technology-wise. And then we got a Nintendo, the oh, original okay. Nintendo Entertainment Those Center. Are the dark years, right? With yeah, no they were the very dark years. But in high school, I, I really didn't do anything with technology whatsoever. I didn't have a computer. Uh, my parents had talked about getting one because my dad at the time did recognize that these were becoming a greater part of uh, everyone's lives, and it would be you know a good idea to have one, but we never did get around to getting one. So even my undergrad years at Marshall, I didn't want anything to do with a computer. Uh, the only reason why I even bothered with them was because people were emailing me, and I didn't even know what email was at the time. <laughs> we're using the old Pine system that, that, that tells you oh, how long baby. ago it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, ooh, that takes me back. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> there was, you know, I never had any formal training growing up, any formal classes uh, with technology at all. So all throughout high school, really, it was just gaming consoles for you. Yeah. Nintendo, okay. Super Nintendo. That was about it. Dave, what about you? Through high uh, school and, and growing up, what was your technology side of the fence? Well, I can even say, you know, sure, it shows my age saying that the 2600 by far is what I started with. But I will have to say that at some point, a little ways down the road, my brother had uh, gotten a an Atari 600 XL. It was kind of like 
you know, an Atari version of a computer. Oh, know? really? I'd never yeah. heard of one of those. Yeah, Atari 600. You programming on that, right? And yeah. 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 And the thing is, what's funny about it is it didn't save your work. So you could type mm-hmm. in thousands of lines, and I would mm-hmm. go through this book, and I thought, this is interesting, you know? I was like, you know, so... Just to make a little dot move from the top of the screen to the bottom with the keyboard, just the new directionals. Uh, you know, I had to type in like a thousand lines, and I, for some reason, I thought that was cool. I was like thirteen years old or something. Did you used to get those in the back of a magazine? Sometimes, like they'd have programs you could type in the back of a magazine. Yeah, Yeah, oh yeah. It was. I don't remember what the gaming magazine was called, but it was you know it was like Atari uh, or a general gaming magazine. I used to do it with a a Tandy color computer too, a Coco Mm. too, and except that I I had a cassette tape drive that I could save myself <laughs> to. I mean, that was, that was high tech. No, right. the, yeah, with the TRS-80, you could uh, you could type in some of those and then save them on the... Uh, yeah, the, the Coco, too, you could also... You just actually had graphics. Woo! <laughs> so besides having that and, at the house, were you doing any stuff at school? Um, at school, when I got in high school, um, uh, probably one of my favorite teachers ever was uh, Janice Clary, and she introduced me to uh, 8088s they had in this... Uh, in the, the little lab with six computers, you know, uh-huh. and they had just gotten them. They were they were just happy. They were still used and they were older, but um, they were so happy to have them because they'd never had any computers in the high school at all. And so Janice was just a she was a stat. She was the math teacher, but she was a huge. She had a Tandy one thousand. She just loved that thing, and so and she was just the computer person of that time that I even knew that was any kind of a computer person. So. Um, she started showing me how to boot them up using floppy disks only. Mm-hmm. So you had your five and a quarter inch uh, floppies that had to boot everything. Mm-hmm. And then once you booted your DOS, then you'd... Yeah, but like I really remember just initially programming on the, you know, that Atari, which seems completely ridiculous. But then, you know, going to the... In high school, once she introduced me to that, then that was, you know, where it kind of really started me wanting to continue educating on all the different things like that well that, I, I wish people could see this because the heads are just nodding Patrick, let me amend my, my statement you know sure I, I had completely forgotten that when i was in elementary school the uh the school had somehow gotten uh, one apple IIe for every classroom mm-hmm. so that's really where my first computer experience was and then in high school we had a typing slash computing class and i think they were 486s but i couldn't tell you anything about them because i was still pretty dumb with technology back then too wow so i have been exposed to it but i had no interest in it at that point in time well i, I will agree I, i've talked about my high school experience previously but uh i do remember being in elementary school probably around 1985 and we had a special room that we could go to and it seemed like we had computer class maybe once a week mm. and we would go in there and i i believe I wasn't paying attention that much at the time, but I believe we had apples in there, mm-hmm. and they would make us pe- play um, Mavis Beacon teaches typing. Yes, yes. And there was this, there was this one typing program. I think it was called Pause as well. And one. you were you were driving a car, and bugs were hitting your windshield. <laughs> but then one of the games I remember loving was a game called Mixed Up Mother Goose. And the whole idea you could walk around very much like King's Quest, and you were supposed to find. Like maybe the spoon and reunite it with the the fork, mm. or you had to find um, <laughs> one of the kids that belonged to Mother Hubbard's, you know, in her shoe and stuff right. like that. But yeah, those were like maybe Apple Twos, and I was just playing games. Mm. But I always tell people when they're like, "Well, you know, I'm dating myself here." I went I went to Wayne High School, and 
I graduated in 98, which should have been a pretty good pretty good year for technology. I mean, Windows 95 had been out three years. Mm-hmm. But I remember taking keyboarding there. I just did an interview uh, the other day with a, a student who'd, who'd gone to Dawson Bryant High School and had gone to OU, and he was like, man, we still had typewriters. Yeah, so do we. Yeah. When I had keyboarding class in 1997, mm-hmm. when 46s were out, mm-hmm. we had a room full of typewriters. Mm-hmm. And then our word processing class were basically IBM Acorns. They were the giant square machines. You flip the switch on the back. You were able to walk to the back of the room, get your five and a quarter disc, come back and sit down, and you didn't have to worry because it hadn't even posted yet. Right. You, you could have put your disc in. It wasn't in. finished with the buyer's check. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't finished even warming up at that point. It's like, it's like the, the antifreeze hadn't gone through it or something. And so that was 97, 98. So if you guys were having old machines, that's not – and what I found was he said the same thing. All the newer computers – were in his library. So in the library, the school is where they had the 486s. Because for mm. us, we had 486s there that had Windows 95, and it was the first version of 95. They had to run Trumpet for their TCP IP stack because 95 did not have oh my t- gosh, TCP yeah. IP to begin with. <laughs> and we were running Novell. Because once again, <laughs> Windows 95 was not a really networkable uh, operating system at that point. So yeah, Novell no, was, do- was, Novel was doing everything for us. I don't know that I've ever, you know, I'm, I'm be the old 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 guy you know <laughs> with the, with you know the 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 long white hair and a cane or whatever if you want but um i i was born you know in huntington when i was a kid and then we moved to northern virginia actually and i don't think i've, I've talked about this at, at all on any of these podcasts when i was in elementary school which talk about dating yourself <laughs> was in the 1960s late a, 1960s that was a one-room schoolhouse right no no, no. <laughs> um i'm gonna tell you why too because uh we were actually i guess it might have been 1970 or 71 at that point but you know i was in elementary school in the 60s but we were doing programming on a teletype mm. yeah i know most people have no idea what that is you know if you look at ancient uh, movies or whatever that where they've got like a, a, a newsroom and you hear this you know those things were teletypes and it was a big roll of paper there was no display and it looked like a you know a typewriter and we were doing programming on those things they were teletypes to a mainframe and I have no idea where that mainframe was at the time and there was a little punch tape reader writer that was actually on the side of that thing and you could keep your program in on a punch tape and, and that's what we would do. We would roll that thing up and put a piece of masking tape to hold it together, and then you would put it in your little locker, and you'd wait until next week when you had programming class or whatever, and you would feed that sucker back into that, that tape reader-writer, and that would be your, you know, your program that you'd save. And it, it would eventually start getting you know, kind of tattered looking and stuff from you know, just being dragged around from place to place. But that was my first you know, impression with programming. And then actually in high school, I went to um, – Chantilly in Northern Virginia that was a, a it was an experimental school that had no walls mm-hmm. no windows and um, it, it just had partitions between the rooms it, it does now have walls and windows because I've seen it since then I, I don't know what that cost I'd hope so it looked like a big um, prison when I was there it, it just a big concrete block and it, it only took him like six months to build you know it was all like prefab in a way 
And so, but it, it was supposed to. It was supposed to make you learn how to focus. It's a know? lot easier to build something when you don't have to put anything internally. Yeah, there's no guts on the inside. <laughs> yeah. you know, now, in labs and stuff, they did have you know little concrete rims in case something exploded, you know, or whatever. But um, you'd go in in the morning and uh, you come out in the afternoon. You had no idea what the weather was going to be like because you know it, it, it would change. Mm-hmm. But at that time, we were doing programming, uh, Fortran programming, and basic programming and stuff on an HP 5000 mainframe that was at University of Virginia. And what we did was we had terminals there that had acoustic modems. You ever saw, you know, war games? Oh, yeah. You'd dial up with, you'd dial up with the phone, and you would put that uh, acoustic modem down on there, and you would be connected to the mainframe. And, I mean, I remember I, I, I wrote a golf game, you know, that, that did golf. But there was a Star Trek game, you know, that was all written. And you could play with other people, too, you know. And you would, mm. like, warp from Sector 1 to Sector 4 or something <laughs> like that. And, you, and, I mean, so that... I, obviously, I'm really the ancient, ancient one in the group, you know. And so, but the no. saddest part. Well, here's the, here's the sad part about it. Oh, I can it, tell you a sad part. You can, you, can, <laughs> you can be older than us, but the sad part is you are the oldest one. And it seems like of the four of us, you're like the only one that in in middle school, elementary school, or high school, we're doing all this programming. Right. What the hell happened to our you, school system? Well, I will tell you what my kids said. Um, looking was, at my yearbooks and stuff, and they were like, "Oh my God, you guys had everything." Well, I would, don't forget I was in prison, but <laughs> there were 3,500 kids in that school. And when I graduated oh, wow. from high school, there were 443 kids in my class. But you it, even said in West Virginia you were doing programming. N- Northern, no, Virginia. Northern Virginia. Northern oh, Virginia. Oh, I, oh, yeah, I, thought, I was I Northern you... Virginia outside of D.C. Oh. I, 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 I was born, you know, in Huntington. And then, right. and then when I was like uh, two, and, two and a half years old or something, we moved to Virginia. Oh, okay. And, um, and then I'm, I ended up moving back to go to Marshall, actually, at the time. But, yeah, the sad thing that I did mention is, yeah, I shouldn't even say this because, I mean, I might hunt this guy down. My programming teacher <laughs> in high school was so on another planet kids were doing you know like snorting drugs and stuff off the desk in class and this guy never even noticed you know i of course did not do anything like that whatsoever i was just like come on you guys you're gonna get busted you know and they're like no they're not such and such and i ain't paying attention that's i i thought the internet was built off of cocaine (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's some people that came up with it and and, and even after all that programming you said that you know i i i don't really that's not my passion for sure networking and all that kind of stuff is my passionate but I can program, but actually, Patrick, you're a much better programmer than I ever was, and so um, I can do it. It's not, you know, I, I say I can program, but I'm not a programmer. You know, it's 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 an art, and I'm not an artist. I'm kludgy. Well, but also I'd like to say, like, where you say, you know, you're ancient, and you know about you use the cards to doing all this stuff. Oh, yeah, but I assure you that it feels just as much that what I used to do was as barbaric as what you think by putting in a floppy disk just to boot something. To what we do now, I mean, my you know, yeah. piece of software that people use for programming now is not like they don't know what it took to get that program. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. But yet they can use it and make apps for phones and all this stuff. And the and the app, I mean, it. I don't think they realize how, in a short amount of time, that it is right. absolutely blazed from using a card with holes in it you know <laughs> yes. to, to to where it's to, at today where, I, I say that today in class a lot they don't have a they, you know it's it's amazing well, I, I say we, we're standing on the shoulders of giants yeah. and, and they look at me I said at the beginning and, and they look at me like you know, I, what are you talking about they probably and don't even really understand the analogy either, they, they so. don't and so you know older there's some older people in class that do understand that but yeah then I'll say well you know if we have time to show like 
Triumph of the Nerds or something like that, you know, where you get to see, you get some some context about, you know, mm. how mm. hard things used to be. And I mean, this is the one I always throw out there. My very first USB drive. Woohoo! I could not wait to get a hold of that thing. <laughs> it cost me 75 bucks. <laughs> Jesus. And it was 256 meg. <laughs> 256 meg, 75 bucks. And I was like, oh my God, this is be like, you know, 200 floppies. Right. I, I, I couldn't wait to get that thing. And I still have it. <laughs> and it still works. It's an attache drive. And um, I've I've got it somewhere not I'm too impressed. long ago. I saw it and I pulled it up. I was like, "What did I use my 256 meg to store?" Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think in one of those documentaries, there is a comment mentioned about how kind of going on what both Dave said and you said. You look at other industries. You look at the the airline industry, or you looked at the automobile industry, like the Model T. By the time they got to that, it was like 1912. And then you look in the hundred years we've had since then what limited changes happen to cars or mm-hmm. automobiles. Yet you look at the computers and a personal computer finally came out around 77, 78, depending on whether you're looking at like the Acorn or the and Apple. Nobody II, so really it. had those. We're and talking then, less yeah, than right. in, in less than 30 years, you look at the dramatic change right. that's happened in the computing field as opposed to something like the airline industry or, or automobile. We're definitely, we're, yeah. we're like, Evolving at a, at a rapid exponential well, pace, it seems. We want more and more information. I don't. I can't remember if it's if they talk specific about computers or the internet, but communication mediums. So, it, you know, it took forever for radio to penetrate. You know, so many hundreds of thousands of homes, oh, TV, yeah. telephones, and I think the computer or and or the internet did it at a much quicker rate than compared to all those other ones. Yeah, there's a YouTube video series about that called "Did You Know." And, and it has different, you know, iterations of it. And in one of them, it talks about that. It took, mm. you know, this many years to get from zero to such and such in radio. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then television and then that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think it said something like, you know, if, if you're one in a million in China, you know, there are 136 other people just like you, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. something like that. And mm-hmm. you're just like, whoa. There, there is a documentary, it may be on Netflix, called Podfather. And I originally stumbled on it because I thought maybe it was about podcasting, but actually it was about one of the guys at Intel who created the processor. Uh, and I don't think it was Moore, like like Moore's law. Isn't he the one that says? Gordon Moore. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's CEO, CEO of right. Intel there for. But I mean, the Podfather, that's a really good one about talking about the uh, the processor and about how it went from being in calculators to being yes. in computers. And the other interesting bigger. thing that people don't realize is that the processors didn't have math coprocessors in them originally to, to do right. floating point math yes yeah, yeah. and right. i actually the very first one i bought as my own personal computer in, in 1989 i got the 33 megahertz dx because the With dx the co-processor. had the coprocessor <laughs> in there and uh you know that just the ss sx's did not the sx's did not and right. it's just amazing that it's something simple like that you know like you're talking about right with the processor and well, I mean, at this point, like for you know, the 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 younger generation are not going to understand. But you could simply say you have more power in your iPhone than what they actually had in the entire NASA uh, Apollo program. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, at Capcom as as well as up on up on the the spaceship. Mm-hmm. You have because I think it was like a two eighty six or a three eighty six was like what they landed on the moon with. Well, the, the, and we can't it? even go back to the moon now. That's a sad thing. <laughs> Not yet, not yet. <laughs> but didn't the Game Boy, the original Game Boy, have more the, power the Game than Boy, the computers they used? The to original launch? Game Boy was more. Uh, its internal parts had more technology in it than all the computers together that took us to get to the moon. 
Wow. <laughs> but you think about the year difference. We're talking about what? 60. Um, 69. Nine, right? To, to about 88, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, when the, the original. Because mm-hmm. I still have my original P. P green uh, <laughs> Game Boy screen, yeah, and P stuff. Green. <laughs> so, so yeah, at a at a high school, you uh, you guys had done some some stuff in school, but mm-hmm. but you know, Rick, you were saying you weren't even necessarily looking at computers. Dave, at that point, nope. at the end of high school, were you were you thinking about computers and getting into them? Yeah, yeah. Actually, the my teacher, you know, Miss Clary, actually got me so interested in those four years I was in high school. That um, immediately, as soon as I got my first job, mm-hmm. which was at Big Bear yeah. Grocery Store, and I went out, and I, the thing is, it's funny, is it's not was not easy to find a computer then. I couldn't order. There was no online. I couldn't um, go to any local store and find one. There was nowhere, so I had to, like, Not even, like, go. Sears? Excuse me, no, but no. what year was that again? <laughs> 89. Okay, because the computer store, by golly, had been there since <laughs> 1976 and was the only Apple seller. Really, it's and, Apple, and, there you yeah, go. In West Virginia, you, you yeah, weren't in you weren't in Cerrito Canova. Oh yeah, okay, that's true. That's a ride <laughs> to get to get to downtown Huntington. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, man. I'm sorry. No, no totally. Um, and but like, right out of high school, though, I found a guy that would build me one, and he built me the 33 megahertz DX was Intel. Was his name Michael Dell? Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's how Dell got started too. I got just building them for people out mm. of a, out of a dorm room in there's college. There's a guy in, uh, over in Chesapeake. Huh, I didn't know that. He yep. had a little room. I don't know. It's super small little white building over there, and right. And he just had computer parts everywhere. It looked like a bomb blew up in there, but he knew where everything was. But anyway, he um, he ordered all the parts for me. Um, I actually financed the computer through the bank, you know, <laughs> because wow. at that time, you know, they were just they were too stupid expensive. You you don't even realize. And I only got. Well, how much did you finance it for? I'm curious. It was around a thousand dollars, maybe eleven hundred. Oh, really? Back yeah. in 1989, that's yeah. back when a thousand dollars was a thousand dollars. That was right. a lot, man. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, it had four uh, four megs of RAM, right? And a hundred thirty meg hard drive. And then mm-hmm. the 33 megahertz. See, I would have benefited uh, from having a teacher like you had in high yeah. school to really push me in that direction. I think but she, had someone shown it to me, I would have definitely latched on to uh, it. I absolutely went to her just to get the, because when I ordered, you know, the guy didn't put the operating system. I had to install mm. uh, MS-DOS, I think, at the time. No, I had uh, Windows for Workgroup 3.11. So, of course, you bought your, your license for that, right? No, I did, believe it or not. Oh, okay. I had educational use only. I had the big, great big box that used to come in. Oh, yeah. The um, Windows for work Group 3.11, though. And, and Doom ran with, great on that. Exactly. <laughs> Doom won. Yeah, buddy. I, That's some good stuff. Oh, yes. I don't care who you are. Right. I remember seeing, I, the first time I ever saw Doom, I remember walking through Sears, and it was when, uh, close to the escalator, they must have had some sort of computer department right next to the escalator. It wasn't like where they buried it on the second floor later, but they had a computer there running Doom, and you could run around on it, and my dad just sat there, and, 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 and both of us just played it for like the longest amount of time. <laughs> right and there in the Sears. Yeah, it was, it was a shareware version. We were determined we were going to get that. I know... Um, Everyone who's listened to this has heard this crap before, but to contribute to... <laughs> contribute, come on! To, no, I mean, my side. To, to contribute to the conversation, my dad bought a uh, 286. It was a Magnavox. He bought it over at Big Sandy, which is not where you would think to buy a computer. But back in the no, day, no. Big Sandy did have a Magnavox. It was called Magnavox Head Start. It was a 286, 12 megahertz. 
I think it had two megs of RAM. We later expanded it to four megs, and it had a 12 meg hard drive that you had to park if you wanted to move the computer. Because no, if, you don't want if, no head crashing, man. Because if not, yeah, the head would actually oh, you had scratch. To park it. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. And so that was our first machine. Uh, that, hold on a second. Par- when you when you yeah. say park it, yeah, there, there was a command. A command. To okay, I'm not familiar. DOS with that. command that would park so, the head. So you had a read write head, you know, that's on your actual sure. hard drive. Uh-huh. The park command would go ahead and make sure to move it off to the side, much like on an old record player, the, the needle okay, finally yeah. goes over. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would stick it in an area where data was never written. Gotcha. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Learn something new every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. And if you didn't park it, you more likely you could damage the drive. Gotcha. Yeah. And it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And so that was. when you powered off, the heads would just, the heads fly above the uh, above the disc. Mm-hmm. You know, they really do. They look like a wing. My, right. Microscopic. Yeah. Like there's like a very no, thin layer. Tiny, tiny bit of air that they're flying above. Mm-hmm. So if you turn the power off, they didn't have the, 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 the pullback kind of mechanism that they have on the newer hard drives that move it out of the way. Mm-hmm. So when the power went off, it would just kind of quit flying and it would land wherever it was hovering above mm-hmm. the disc. Which was, you know, could be where your operating system files were happened to be, and mm-hmm. it would scratch them when it landed, you know, and mm-hmm. then you'd have a, a real head crash. <laughs> gotcha. And, you know. That that was our okay. First. I'm sorry, class no, is over fine. now. No, 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 it's good. No. That that was our first home machine. But my mom, being a teacher, she would have to bring home the computers they had in the classroom. And Scott had actually given me roughly a a, a version of what of what she was bringing home. It was the old IBM. They were rather thin, only about maybe two inches tall, and it had two three and a halfs in the front. No hard drive, but just two three and a halfs with the blue button, the blue ejector buttons. Mm-hmm. And you said you called that maybe like an XT or something. No, I think those were PS twos. Um, okay. They 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 yeah. had some that didn't have a hard drive, and some that had you know two floppies, one to boot from, one to store. Right. You know from with yeah. So I mean, we had lots of games that I would play on that or on the two a six. And then my first one that I ever purchased was. Um, I would get the big PC Shopper magazine, oh, that super, super oh, thick yes. PC Shopper. Oh, God. And I, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I had to pick what I was going to get. Yeah. So I got um, Quantex. There was a Quantex, Quantex brand. Computer. It was a 46 yep. DX2, 66 megahertz. I think it had 32 megs of RAM. And that one, I know I got that prior to Windows 95, so it had to be 92, 93. But years later, I bought a Dell Pentium 200. And when I bought that, I did Dell Financial Services, so uh, I, I, see? I, I feel your pain, Dell. Oh, I feel yeah. your pain. And you know, you were financing uh, a two thousand dollar computer, mm-hmm. and I had like a small, you know, gas station mom and pop job, so Absolutely. I did not have the money together, and so that was that was kind of the start of my financial credit, being able to actually hmm. pay that thing off. And those thirty two yeah. mega RAM that you had probably cost you just in memory, or just in just in the memory, was probably around two thousand dollars or something because. Around 92, 93, 94, there was a, a standard um, configuration for machines. was, you know, 486, 120 meg disk mm-hmm. a lot of times, and 16 meg of RAM. And 4 meg of RAM at that time, uh, well, RAM cost 50 bucks a meg. Mm-hmm. And so if, if that were the case, that would have been 1,600 bucks in, in memory, right? Yeah, I, right? I, can remember, I can remember buying a secondary hard drive for it uh-huh. and um, my... My brother-in-law was in the army at the time, so he was able to buy me one of the PX. Ah, it was yeah. a 200 meg hard drive that I paid army prices of five hundred dollars for. Yeah, um, a lot of people, a lot of people don't even know that um, Hyundai used to make computers. Mm. And when I worked at the computer store, we sold Hyundai, or as a lot of people around here said, Hyundai. Uh, <laughs> or they used to until they heard commercials. <laughs> right, right. And, and so we, we sold a lot of those. And that that standard thing, it was like 117 meg hard drive is weird. 
um, Western Digital Drive, I remember. And we sold those, you know, just by, it seems like the hundreds, to, to the state, state agencies and stuff all over the place. But, man, you know, one, and I'll completely quit here in just no, a second. Fine. It's just like <laughs> that, that, that standard, you know, really high-end computer that, that you're always wanting to buy. Because I was going to mention this, too. I'm glad you're mentioning it. Yeah. Uh, no matter when, when that is. You know, back then, when we're talking about now, or or nowadays, when you're going the the top end, really high end, you know, gamer, you know, super fast whiz bang computers, always around two thousand or twenty five hundred bucks. Yes, still, yes. it's the same yes. thing. Yeah. Absolutely, it doesn't matter you know, when matter when the, you did it. The, the time, the, the time when, yeah. yeah, it's twenty five hundred bucks or yep. two thousand bucks or whatever. Which so. is so crazy because you think, it is. You think about what a car cost in the seventies, and it was thirty five hundred bucks, and now it. No, a nice car is still not thirty five hundred bucks. Not even. No. In the yeah, same I mean, this is scary. Park. I mean, I remember in the in the seventies, back thinking <laughs> when I was thinking, man, gas will never go over a dollar because yeah. because the pumps don't have three digits for the price, <laughs> and, and they're all. They were all mechanical, and so it took them about a half a day to figure out. Okay, we'll just set this for half the price of the gas, and you got to double the total. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember, like, I'm talking maybe a 1976 or my, maybe a 74 Corvette was six thousand dollars, and I was like, oh my god, who is ever going to pay six thousand dollars for a car? You know, <laughs> right. but geez, Louise, yeah. Um, How much I, was that Tesla you just looked at the other day? Oh, I was I was standing next to that Tesla. 000. I didn't. Oh, probably more than that. But or that, we used or that to go nice Corvette. You got to stand in front of a Microsoft. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we used to. This is crazy too. We used to go around and pick up pop bottles for ten cents. That that was the deposit for mm-hmm. a glass pop bottle. We used to go around and pick those things up because people would just leave them around, you know. Mm-hmm. And we would pick them up, go and cash them in at the grocery store, and we'd get enough money to to buy gas for our go kart. You know, that we cruise around on, or then later on I had a dirt bike. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Oh, no deposit, I'm no return. Cry, man. This is I so remember sad. that being written on the bottles. You know, yeah. No, no uh, deposit, no return. Yeah, yeah. you're talking mm-hmm. about. Oh, I can remember my parents turning in those bottles for deposits. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Yeah, when I was But younger. we used to go around and find them, you know, just laying around, or you know, people would have them and didn't want too lazy to take them back. And we'd say, hey, you know, we take those back if you want. Oh, sure, go ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, a, an eight-pack of bottles 80 cents i mean yeah it doesn't sound like much but hey when gas was like 35 cents a gallon right you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so you mentioned you after high school got a job at big bear and you were already building your own computers yeah after high school rick you didn't still have any uh desire to go in computers but you also got a job at big bear correct right about uh beginning of 1995 yeah. They've been so, at Big Bear for a little while. I've been point. there about six years already, or five and a half years or so, I think. So is that, I mean, are we talking old time a, year <laughs> after, a year after high school, or when are we talking year coming in? So, yeah, years I started uh, I started here at Marshall in 94, and then January of 95, I believe, is when I, somewhere there, about started working for Big Bear on the stock crew. So you're like crew. me, Dave. You started like at Big Bear like 14. I was I was, I was was at the gas station at 15. They used to have to come pick me up to bring me down to the gas station. Uh, I, I was actually 17, though, when I started oh, there. So. <laughs> a little years older, but yeah. Already. Well, I mean, I was in such demand to be a gas station <laughs> That's attendant. That's of course. They were coming to pick <laughs> me up. You the best damn guest there was. Huh? Yeah, and I was a dishwasher at 14, <laughs> so, you know, I was, I was the best damn dishwasher. I at Camden Park. During oh, my summers oh, okay. when I was in high school. That's true. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> now, but Rick, you weren't into computers. So when you when you started at Marshall before you ended up meeting Dave at Big Bear, mm-hmm. if you weren't in computers, what what were you going for here? I, I it, well, I, I I got my undergrad in psychology of all things. Oh, okay. 
because I took one class in high school, thought, oh, this is kind of cool, and then decided to major in it when I came to Marshall. Wow, man, that explains a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was like, somehow. So, so then, and we'll, we'll jump back to your all's connection, but mm-hmm. so how long are you in psychology before you decide computers? It never happened. Seri- <laughs> wow, seriously. So when I got about three years into the psychology program, I realized this is not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But since I was three years into the program, I thought, well, it's only going to take only going to take me, quote unquote, one more year to graduate from Marshall. So I may as well stick with the program, and get my undergrad. Little did I know it take me three more years to get that undergrad degree. Just because he what, wasn't he was no longer interested in his what he had started his degree with. So he got. Kind of I lost. just wanted to grad, get, be, you, be you graduate kinda, at that you point. You kind of got senioritis a bit, right? Is what uh, you yeah. Somewhere we, yeah. we had started, you know, hanging out and, and getting to know each other sometime right, during yeah. that time, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. After that third year, him being at Marshall, so. So then, while you're tr- struggling to finish your bachelor's in psychology, mm-hmm. and you meet Dave, mm-hmm. Dave, what are you doing besides working at Big Bear and, and talking to Rick? Are you coming um, here to Marshall? I at the time, I'm trying to think. See, when first out of high school, I I came to Marshall for a couple of years, and what I did was um, where I had done the programming that I did on that you know that old 600 XL, sure. and then I also did some programming where I actually wrote and saved a video game on a five and a quarter floppy while I was in high school. It was super cool. This little man walking from screen to screen, almost like a D and D type game, took a ridiculous amount of time. Anyway, so I signed up that I wanted to be a programmer here, and um, was that the CSD think. department? It was. Yeah. And it was horrible. No, yes. it was. Shariar, Chaudhry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tesser, I think it's yeah. a Al- Chaudhry Al- or Al- whatever Al- we call Al- it. And the thing was, the programming language they were teaching at that time was the military one. Ada. 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 I had that Ada. class, And let me too. tell you what, that scared the crap out of me. Oh, yeah. I was like, if I got a program with this stuff, uh-huh. I don't think I want to do this yeah. anymore. Well, I can tell you one of one of yeah. the guys mm-hmm. I interviewed too, Greg Napier. Uh, yeah, he also mentioned coming here and having to learn Ada. Yep. Yes, because it was it was it was and in so, demand by the military or sure. the government. And so that first two years of getting a, a dose of the type of stuff it took to be a programmer, then I was like, okay, this is not what I'll do. So I just stopped coming. <laughs> I wanted to figure out. I I still had my own computer, and I was buying computers every two years. Because I went from like my 33 to a 100 megahertz, but I bought an AMD just mm-hmm. to see what it was like. Then I went back to a Pentium 2 that was a 233 and so on. But I kept I kept buying a new computer every two years. And I think I probably showed Rick mine and introduced him to that, even though I think at the moment we were he was more strictly into video gaming, mm-hmm. you know, but when so, we first Yeah, met. you're absolutely right. I was still a console man at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. But hanging out with Dave and then his cousin, Gary Jr., mm-hmm. and watching them play a game called TIE Fighter. Oh, yeah. That yeah. is the reason why I got my first computer, that game. Lucas. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's where it started for me. You really wanted to fly that special TIE fighter they had in there. I can't remember what it was called, but it was like the special bomber that had the weird the weird three wings. The, the Defender? 
the defender. I think it was. It, was, it, it looked like a Y. <laughs> it was a Tie Fighter that looked like a Y because it had like. Yeah, what it did is it took the uh, Darth Vader's wings, mm-hmm. flipped them, and put them down yeah, forty-five them, degree and put and one put the yeah. on top. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I remember that. And how many years has that been? And you still remember that? Just you know, like well, yesterday. I, it's funny you should mention that. I do have Tie Fighter still installed on my computer right now With from good old games, license, of course. And so, <laughs> well, nowadays um, you just get that online license, you're good to go. <laughs> Are you talking about like Steam or somebody like yeah. that? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can you exactly. still get Tie Fighter from from mm-hmm. GOG. Yeah, get, that's exactly where I got it. I just had to throw that in there. So I didn't see like <laughs> a subtle, you know, uh, just no. dinosaur. So I mean, but, I remember I had X Wing, and I was like, man, this this is like you know yawn. But then I got Tie Fighter, and I was like, it's so much yeah. better when you play for the bad people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. it, it always is. <sighs> but then they went to X Wing versus Tie Fighter, which was even the next mm. really good gym. Right. But then they kind of dissipated yeah. from that afterwards. A game was the reason why I got into IT. He was a console person, but introducing him into that computerized v- version of video gaming really got him. The complexity is what drew me. Okay. So you know, I had a Nintendo, Super Nintendo. I have what six buttons at most with a Super Nintendo, and then with Tie Fighters, like I got to use this entire keyboard plus a joystick. Yes, and, that's what I want. And you what, know, you want to talk about complexity? I mean, that was great, but. If you ever played the original Rainbow Six on the computer, yeah, baby. Because, because suddenly, <laughs> suddenly you're like, oh, that's what those F keys are for. Every single possible command I could. I mean, you, you needed to like overlay a special diagram right, on your right. keyboard because because well, you were running the entire op. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use all 200 buttons on this yeah. thing. Six man op, man. Yeah. So that's that right, that, that got you into the computer side then. Yeah, but it it didn't get me into. Uh, like Thinking a about a career in it, though. Oh. I mean, it definitely, you know, got, I got my feet wet there and then started, you know, I was, I got, I had a, uh, was it a Pentium Celeron 233 megahertz. Doesn't that always start. make you t- think of celery? You know, yeah, celery. celery. We used to call them the celery chip. No taste, um, no <laughs> math coprocessor or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, I, that's, and I started playing with that. I got more and more comfortable going inside, changing different <laughs> settings, seeing what happens, and then started building my own computers after that. Overclocking, probably. I didn't start doing overclocking until much later. <laughs> so, then, so then at this point, mm-hmm. are you still struggling to finish your psychology? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I do eventually finish it out, but okay. I, I still don't have any... It's just an irritant at that point. Right, <laughs> I just want to get it over with. I'm just trying to figure out if, like, if the germ of of building your own computers starts to take hold while you're finishing your psychology degree, or if it's after the fact, I just wanted to figure out when is when is the impetus for you to go, you know what, I think I might want to go back and get a degree in IT. Honestly, that didn't happen until Dave had come back to Huntington from having gone out to Las Vegas. Ooh. Oh, Los Angeles. We need Los, to, well, we need but you were in Las Vegas when you came back home, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but that's, what, uh, what happened there stays well, yeah. there. So yeah. 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 So yeah. 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 It was actually, there. Dave, I had Dave, been like, thinking <laughs> about going back to school, but I didn't have any real motivation at that point in time. We're talking, this was 2001, 2002. Yeah, absolutely. So we, so we jumped ahead a bit. You're, you yeah. both are working at Big Bear. Huh? Do you get kidnapped or something? His <laughs> brother. Um, yeah, my brother had already moved out to L.A. He had been out there for five or so years, and um, he wanted me to come out and visit. And I went out there and visit, and I talked to these guys about just their computer people. That's what they do. You know, they use computers to do all the rendering and all this stuff. And so I just talk, start BSing with them about computers, and I was like, I do this, I do that, I do some programming stuff. And they're like, would you like to work here? Well, had you already given up? Because you made it sound like when you were learning Ada here mm-hmm. that you're like, I really like programming. And then suddenly you saw what the business of it had to be. And you're like, I don't really like 
having to have a job at programming. So what yeah. what was happening here with that? Did you quit? So what I was kind of actually had before I left, we absolutely I had went back to what I was trying to do to decide to um, almost do like a building. You know, I wanted to start building computers for other people or sure or doing sort of like I helped some people do um, coax networking. So I was like, yeah, oh, this oh. is cool. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I figured out, okay, you got to put the Terminators on. And, the Terminator. You know, the 50 ohm Terminator. Yeah, you know, and I, so I started helping people do that. And then I was like, okay, so let's see what Marshall has to do with sort of a networking, installing OS is sort of a, you know, that, that basis. And, and so I did come back for like another year. And we, did they and have this, something at that point? They Well, they told me they did. <laughs> was, was it MIS? The Army but, will do that to you really, too. Right. And yes, they had changed it. The CSD was gone and, and they brought in a new name and a convention and numbers and all this. And they're like, yeah, just come. We'll, we'll get you in these classes. You'll love them. And they had gotten rid of all the other teachers even, I think. Well, then, well, then what was this new name? Because I, when I came I in, maybe it was CSD. What'd you say the first okay, one so, was? So I was here. I was when I my senior this year of high school in ninety seven. Ninety seven. I was all. able to go through CSD, and by mm-hmm. the time I graduated high school and came here, they go, "Oh, um, yeah, we we kind of killed that program. We killed that. We only yes. had like four people graduate." So then they said, "Why don't you go over here to management information systems?" That's and was, right. I and I was like, uh, "So okay, I will," because IST. Brian Morgan's IST was was not even around yet. Mm-mm. So I went to MIS and I had to take macroeconomics, microeconomics. Yes. And I said, when in the hell am I going to touch a computer? And luckily, a couple of the guys I went to high school with was like, you should take classes in the community college. I was clueless there was a community college. And that's <laughs> how I quickly switched agree. from MIS to the community college because of Jay Grimes and Ryan Satterfield that were already taking classes to Scott and Rhonda and, and Jack and everybody else. That's how I learned about that. If not, I would have been miserable at the time in MIS. May have gotten better. I, I know I know you're here in the college of business, Rick. I'm sure it's gotten better, but, but at least at least back then, you, hey, I, you weren't doing computer classes till like your third year. You're exactly right, and that is exactly what it was. When I did it in, in, in 90, I can't mm-hmm. remember what the initials were at that. You know, it was like, I think I believe it was like CSI or something stupid, but well, that sounds really good. We should start a show called that. <laughs> the CSD was the one I started in like ninety six, ninety seven, mm-hmm. and then it when it broke and they're like, "We're getting rid of this." They didn't give me really an option to move to something else, you know. Oh, they, okay. So I just quit going, and then I'm like, right. I don't know what to do at this point. Right. I want to take something, mm-hmm. and. Um, so then you, know, you started kind of being like a PC repair I person. I was kind of like my own person. I was building computers for other people. Mm-hmm. I would order them mm-hmm. parts and uh, you through the computer shopper mag, yeah. I swear. And, yeah. Yeah. and I was totally, you know, sort of building. And then I would get to their house. I would install their OS. I would help them if they had more than one computer to network them. And so I got that. And then, you know, like I said, I went out to L.A. just for like a just week a vacation. Mm-hmm. And they are like, you would like to work out here. And so that's where, you know, like me and Rick were, he had was just getting ready to graduate, I think. And then I was like, well, I'm going to leave and go out there. And, you know, so I was leaving Big Bear and mm-hmm. he was still working at Big Bear. Mm-hmm. And all and that yeah. When you were out there in L.A. and you were talking to the studios and stuff, were they doing that stuff on silicon graphics machines? Is that? They absolutely okay. were doing SGI that's machines. Yeah. We yeah. had the blue ones, the O2s, I think. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. cool-looking computers, too. Now, I mean, yeah. some of the uh, other guys in the other rooms that were doing the um, the after-rendering stuff, they were using, like, a, a 
maroon or brown one. Yeah. It was they were called like octanes or something. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh-huh. they were Unix based, uh, Irix based. Sorry. Right. And it was a Unix version, but yeah, there was, was a proprietary version, Unix, version yeah. called Irix. Yep. I don't know how the connection comes in, but around that time and around the time of 2000, 2001, I'm working for a local Huntington company called W3 Consulting for a guy named Rob Jenkins, which <laughs> knows Brad, your brother. Very and, true. And, and, I, and I have no Small clue. World. I have no clue Small how world. that works, but he knew he knew Brad. Less than six um, degrees of separation. Because because he would regularly want to go out and see Brad as well. So mm-hmm. maybe they actually had. I know that Rob originally had done portions of a computer science degree here. Maybe they'd met doing that because I think I think Rob went to school up in Milton, so it wouldn't have been anywhere in the CK area. So I don't know how they ever came to know one another. I don't know. Uh, Brad and Rob met because of Kids Mag. Wow. All that old TV yeah. show. Remember the, t- yeah, remember the TV show? On, on Channel 13, I think, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's how they met. Now, I can't remember what the circumstance was. Brad was doing something with a local gaming, video gaming or something, and they wanted to interview, and they wanted to interview him about something, and... Um, Gosh, I can't I think it what was that place. It was in Cerrito, anyway. So Kids Mag, and but that's how I'm pretty sure that's how they met originally. And then cool. from then on, they just like they just had the personalities that matched, and mm-hmm. they just started talking to each other all the time. So that's cool. And then Brad wanted to get into what he was doing because he he thought that was super cool and sure did some commercials and stuff like that. Cool. So then you go out there and and you stay out there for several years, I guess. Mm-hmm. I stay out for three years, and when I come back. See, I, well, let me just roll back a little bit. Sure. When, when I'm out there, the key thing, it's kind of like in high school, I had that I had that teacher. I had Miss Clary that really got me interested in a certain part of computers. So I met this guy that was the, uh, while I'm just doing, working for this company, I'm doing sort of some grunt work. You know, I'm using a computer, but I'm not really doing anything special with it. You know, and besides, I don't know much about IRX. You know, they're just like, here's how you log in. Here's how you get to your work. But I met the... Um, the administrator, his name was Rafi, and he was from, you know, like the Middle East or somewhere. He came here, and he had just super brilliant guy. And so, I, like, whenever I had time off, I'd just hang out with him, and he'd show me the servers. And at the time, they had the uh, the SGI servers, the ones that, I mean, they were, like, eight foot tall, and they had, like... Blue or purple, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and they had the full pull-out drawers that had CPUs all in them, and they... They'd replace CPUs and slide the drawer back in and RAM. Remember that? So yeah, kind of like blade computing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But on a, a ridiculously huge scale. I mean, it was like the, they were just monsters. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And so he got me fascinated in how we got our job done at that facility. You know, he showed me how all the data was stored here, and we were using the, the network. infrastructure side. I was like, that's yeah. fascinating. How it's are like we magic? Pull- yeah. It was. It was I totally. Know. You're like, well, we're pulling it. that data mm-hmm. in and using it on this computer, but we're saving it over there. Right. And and the server's doing the rendering part because this guy said, hey, I want to use four of these CPUs to render. And I'm like, this is fascinating. This oh, That almost sounds like the cloud. It, it, oh, it's, it oh. seems like he got fascinated almost in the plumbing, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. 
<laughs> but it does sound like the cloud in, in a way. You know, this the stuff's cloud. running over there, and, and, and I don't even need to know where it is or anything. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that drives me kind of crazy because, you know, in IT, it, everything goes around, comes around. Mm. And, um, you know, at, at one point, you know, people talk about the cloud now, and, you know, Steve Jobs made it popular. He put a little tiny I in front of it. It's like, <laughs> iCloud. iCloud. <laughs> but, um, you know, but it, well, all this computing when it started method, but it out, mainframe computing, sure. mm-hmm. it was the cloud. You right. Know, it's because it, all the stuff was done on a machine somewhere, and you didn't in have to the be there. You were hooked on a terminal that yeah. really didn't do mm-hmm. anything. Dumb and then, terminal. you know, if you ever had like uh, Yahoo Mail from, you know, a bazillion years back, that was the cloud. Mm-hmm. And so then um, then everybody started thinking when little little computers, little personal computers were coming out, everybody's like, wow, I, I want one of those, you know, at home. I, I'd like to be able to program with that or whatever. And so everybody started wanting a, a computer at home. And Bill Gates had come out one time and he said, you know, my vision is a is um, a computer on every desktop or mm-hmm. whatever, and every one of those computers running Microsoft Windows. And so then the whole thing got you know totally decentralized, and then now it's starting to you know, go back, oh, I, I want to store everything in the cloud. Like, mm-hmm. it's something new. Right. It's been around forever, you <laughs> well, know. And eventually, I, I assume, it'll turn around and it'll go back the other way, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, all my pictures got released out onto the Internet. I don't want that ever happening again, right, so I'll forget right. about the cloud. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it'll be back to you know, standalone PCs or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. which is... You know, not to mention all the storage you guys used to have way back in the day, um, which was not a cloud. It was, you know, your own little network attached storage situation yes, going on there. Yes. But, well, to um, quote Battlestar Galactica, all of this has happened before and all this will happen again. Amen. <laughs> and if I only had my bell here, I would ding it right now. <laughs> so what Dave didn't mention was that I had gone out with California to yeah, California with you, him. Let you. So oh, really? things didn't really turn them pan out for me as well as they had with David. David already was going back out with, you now, know, I, with a job already. I just want already. you to know, he's making up sound mild. I didn't just ask him. I had to drag him. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I'm going to Los Angeles. You're not doing anything here. You work at Big Bear. But Who it cares? wasn't a whole lot of convincing it, because it, you, there wasn't true. a whole lot. of. You came well, back for a week. You had a week to get ready to go back. And in that week, you kept talking to me about yeah. it. But yeah, it didn't work out for me. So then I came back here. But I was still playing with computers on a very, very, very amateur level. He was playing video games on a computer instead of a console. I will say that. Yes. At that point. He had had pretty much switched (laughs) over completely. Well, so one thing I I will note for people, which doesn't really work probably very well in these days, is that you were able to go out there on your own merit. I mean, you got a job there on you saying, oh, yeah, I've I've broke computers down before. I fixed them. Whereas these days, most people probably won't let you in the door unless you have a degree or certifications or typically both. Or you know somebody. Yeah, or or you know somebody. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what type of skills were you having to utilize out there at that point, Dave, that that got you that, that foot in the door? Well, I mean, com- to be completely honest, my, you know, I was a Windows person. So, what they wanted me to use was not Windows at all. So, they were just... They just thought with my, I guess, enthusiasm, just computers in general, like, because I talked about how fascinating it was, and I just want to learn more and more. And then they showed me their machines, and I'm like, oh, you know, that's super cool. I've never seen anything like that. Don't know what an SGI machine is. I don't even know what really what Unix is at this point. Just, I guess, really just, you know, that I knew what I was talking about with them, and I think they felt that. Potential. You know, that I understood enough that it would be, I'd be easy to learn. Like, mm-hmm. okay. you know, I would be a fast learner. I already know enough, even though this is going to be a sort of a different platform. I think they were like, yeah, you know, this, 
I think they felt that I could be a fast learner and just jump right on this stuff, and that's exactly what happened. Kind of like, you know, used to be I couldn't even spell MCSE, now R1. (laughs) (laughs) But really, a lot of people at the time you're talking about, there weren't a lot of people that that had any kind of background with it. Or a degree for that matter. When they saw you, you know, and you said, wow, you know, you're probably a good salesman for yourself. And mm. and you, they saw that, and they thought, well, you know, this beats a run-of-the-mill person that's coming in here has no idea what we what we're even talking about. Right. But I will say, huh. we are we are talking about ninety-seven, yeah, ninety-eight, ninety-seven. So we are we are like we are further along. We're not necessarily it's, talking about when the internet was created, and they're like, yeah, no but one I mean, starting at, at, that. at that time for me, you know, I'd been well, I'd been working at the computer was, store for. Uh, you know, well, the nineties was my time at the computer store, and so I mean, I know for a fact that. There weren't even a lot of people who were doing the hardware stuff, you know, on their own. Um, there weren't. And uh, pre-built machines were kind of the yeah, right. I, the, the high-end computers and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And then you know, Michael Dell got his start doing building computers in his dorm room at school, you know, for other people. I mean, that's how Dell started. But um, you know, I, it's it's hard to imagine for people who weren't around then, you know, that I mean. I, that that decade of the 1990s for me was you know just horrendously eye-opening because that I got into the the whole field of, of IT in in that time and I got a job too uh, I got the job with the computer store not necessarily because I I didn't have I did not have a degree I did not have any certifications I had been doing kind of what you're talking about and I was kind of doing consulting you know for people because they couldn't fix their own machines and Absolutely. they all, and they all they did all that kind of stuff I got that job because I was persistent. Mm. My, my boss there, Mary Jo Miller, had told me, you know, after a couple of years after she hired me, she said, you know, I, I really hired you, you know, not because of what you knew or what or anything, because you really didn't have that much background, but you were persistent. You kept calling up and saying, hey, how about that position, that job that you were talking about? Has that opened up again yet or whatever? And I finally ended up telling her, hey, that wasn't me, actually. That was my <laughs> wife. She, she was dying to get back. We were living out in Virginia on the Chesapeake Bay, which is a beautiful area, I have to say. And, you know, she was desperate to get back to the tri-state area. And so she was the one that was persistent. And she was, you know, they say that behind every great man, there's, you know, a woman that's, you know, prodding them on. Um, that's pretty much what happened there, you know. And so I would have never gotten that job if she hadn't, you know, pushed at me and pushed at me to, to keep calling and, and stay in touch. And so, yeah, I mean, you could you could get a job like that back then if you had the right attitude, I, I think, or yeah. or your wife had the right attitude yeah. and made you appear to have the right attitude. I guess you know. But I mean, you did end up getting certifications. I guess what I was I did. Yeah, in, I in did. the back no. of my mind, what I was thinking about was, I went my senior year of high school. I had actually saved up money, and so I dropped four thousand dollars on a on a build your own computer that I did not build myself. Wow, that would have been a huge deal. By the way, real quick, just yes. what you said was a key word. You didn't necessarily go get a degree. You had certifications, which back then was more about what people were doing in the IT world to, to me. That's sure. true. But just, I mean, a, I'm thinking like in 98, I went down to PC Doctor and I said, I want a, um, the Pentium 2450 had just come out. I was like, I want the latest processor. I think I had them put in maybe 512 megs of RAM at that point, maybe a I mean, a gig. I don't. Wow. Whatever it was, I. I That's where up. your four thousand dollars went per. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you where Absolutely. a lot of a lot of the money went too. I had them put in one of those internal uh, one hundred meg zip drives because I wanted. To <laughs> oh yeah, oh, from oh, Omega. On top of that, I said I want two graphics cards. Two. I want I want a uh, dedicated two D that has like that has a capture, and then I want a three D. So I had. Mm. I had um, my motherboard was the first AGP motherboard had just come out, mm. and uh-huh. so I got an all in wonder. 
uh, all in wonder ati ati all in wonder <laughs> agp card that had AGP. had the ability for me to do the the you know coaxial cable uh-huh. uh capture and then i had a diamond monster 2 voodoo card so i could do both the two because back then it was you either chose matrox millennium or you matrox. chose an s3 verge card and S3. I said, I said, no, no, I want them. I've heard these names are forever. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really they're I'm, gone. Yeah, so now they're. Yeah. Now I have all those things up in my attic too. At the house. <laughs> yeah, so now I want, I want them both. But I mean, I had PC Doctor do it, and my my thinking back then was, I, I honest, maybe maybe they were, but I honestly can't imagine that PC Doctor or a company like that had very high margins to where the people that were working over there for Mike Harbor. We're like rolling in the dough. No, I no. assure you they did. So in, yeah. in the no, ni- in the ninety eight realm, when you're out there in L A, I'm sure in L A you were making a bit more money than you would have here in Huntington. That's mm-hmm. why I was just trying to think about what That's skills you were able to present if you if you hadn't already had a, a successfully full degree or you hadn't had any certifications in your belt. Sure, it was. Uh, it might have been like Scott says. You know who you know. Your brother's out there, and mm-hmm. you're able to get your foot in the door. That's how no, I no, got. I wasn't saying that. I was saying I think he was a good salesman for himself. Yes. He, he said, you know, wow, this is awesome. I love what you got going on here. You know, I, I have enthusiasm for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it makes a big difference. You get somebody who's like on fire for something. Man, they're going to learn it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. it's not going to be That's like a, you forcing right. them to do mm-hmm. something. They're, mm-hmm. they're dying to, to find out how does this work? How do mm-hmm. I do that? You mm-hmm. know, that kind of stuff. And weirdly enough, I mean, I, I made much more in the 90s. Than I've ever made in the 2000s, and and I made that like I was I was making over a hundred thousand dollars a year sometimes in in Huntington, mm, you know, mm, doing it in the mm, 90s. Right. Uh, you started teaching, Scott. I can I can totally tell you the correlation there. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, uh, his graph that's dove yeah. dove towards the. It, it went from you know personal fulfillment versus you know <laughs> um, my my bank account fulfillment, and then you know was, uh, what, what they call that uh, an inverse proportional relationship there you know <laughs> <laughs> um, you go back to you know just uh, to build a little bit though like micro and macroeconomics <laughs> on the selling sell myself as a, a good salesman or whatever like for me even to this day you know what i tell people is if i don't you know i don't care to tell them i don't know how to do it but i am very mm-hmm. excited to go learn something i don't right. like they're like I want to know everything about, you know, the computers. And if they give me a problem and I don't know what it is, I want to figure it out. And, mm-hmm. I, and I always tell them, I don't know what it is, but I promise you I will work very hard to figure it out. That's the best IT people. Um, yeah. The ones who are not, you know, uh, Nick Burns, you know, move. Right. Uh, they, they, you're not a BSer. You say, you know, I, I don't know everything. I definitely don't know everything. Uh, but I will. I would like to know about that or I want, mm-hmm. I'll find out. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, very quickly, in, in our field, we talked about this, Patrick, when you were doing um, the interview for the women in tech. It doesn't matter who you are. I don't care. Male, female, race, whatever, gender. It doesn't matter. It's what you know. And so you you get respect from people, not by your color, gender, or anything. You get respect by what you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, you very quickly somebody can find somebody can tell if you're a bs or about what you know mm, and so absolutely. you know it, you're just better off never to even do that and just say no i don't know that. can you tell me how that works and you know mm. you, let me know I, I can't i can't wait to find out you mm-hmm. know that's the coolest thing and that's what has been for me in it you know i i love teaching by the way and, and i told patrick not too long ago so you know my thing I, i've made a lot of money and i've not made a lot of money <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, all I really am worried about is being happy and right. and being able to pay my bills. And mm-hmm. and so, but, and tech has been for me, like, 
uh, we used to kid around, you know, and say, man, we don't want them to know this, but it, it, I'd do this for free. You know, <laughs> right, they're, they're, they're letting me play with the coolest stuff, yeah. you know, and I'm doing uh-huh. working on hundreds of thousands of you dollars get to worth break of equipment. Stuff and fix it too. Yeah, and yeah. you're working with all the newest stuff, and somebody else is paying for it. Exactly. <laughs> yes, you know? yes. And yep. so. Oh, a state I mean, budget? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell you some stuff about that, you know, like uh, I have customers who would tell me, you know, state agencies would tell me what their budget was, you know, before I did the bid. You know, I'd be like, oh, thank you. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, that's, that's yeah, I mean, funny. and the ironic thing is, and I just found this out not too long ago, is when I was making that kind of money, my daughters thought we were poor. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, my, I've got some twin daughters, and if they ever listen to this, I'm sorry, girls. But you know, yeah, they they thought we were poor, and I mean, just a couple of years ago, I found this out, and they said, "Well, you know, we're doing a lot better than we used to." And I was, really, because mom didn't you see work? Mm. You know, she stayed home with you guys. Yeah, you know, that's we were poor. And I said, no, <laughs> no, we, we actually weren't. And, and they said, what? And I said, yeah, I made, you know, more back then by myself than you know me and mom make now. That kind of a deal. And they were like, what? You know, I said, well, what made you think that you know we were poor? Well, we didn't go out to dinner or stuff very often back then. I was gone a lot, you know, right. out on the road and stuff and everything. And, you know, we ended up paying all the cars are paid off. You know, the house paid off. It paid off the house during that time. And I mean, just, you know, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. It, it's all about enthusiasm, you know. And, yeah. and um, like I say, it's almost like you'd say, hey, I would do this for free. Right. Good thing they don't know, you know. <laughs> but yeah, um, th- to be able to play with the coolest stuff, and it's something that doesn't change. You, you know, your your enthusiasm for that does not change. New no. tech comes out, and you're like, oh, gosh, yes. I want to try that. Yes. And um, um, that's what keeps you fresh, I think, in IT, is mm-hmm. that, you know, it's always some new kind of tech, you know, that comes out, and you, you just can't wait to play with it. Which is know. a very good, you know, transition to say that. Yes, we've all played with the most barbaric, terrible computers that we laugh about and talk about to this day. But, but that was the high tech right, at the time, man. But yeah. right now, yeah. every one of us have used probably the most latest Dell servers with 2012 server on it. Mm-hmm. And we all have iPhone, you know, iPhones or, or Androids. Huh? I don't have yeah, an yeah, iPhone. Patrick's still running his flip phone. Well, yeah. it, it, um, he should. The, but, uh, <laughs> but the thing is, like, we all have, like, the latest gadgets. We love it. We're, it's we desire not like we, them, yeah. You know, we just got tired of it being older stuff. We we keep up with the new stuff. And then mm-hmm, I love mm-hmm. it. It's fascinating. Well, except to, for Facebook. To, um, <laughs> except for Facebook. To, to, Scott, to, of to, to tag off of Scott, um, I can't tell you how many people at this point have taken my classes and at the end have said why are why are you here like i mean like <laughs> oh all, yeah like, like you you were teaching me all this stuff and you you know all this stuff god why, oh, i don't me, disagree with well, yeah i think me and dave asked you that same question I mean, why, you're a brilliant why, man. why are you, you here could, why aren't you out there and like yeah. i have a i have a lot of reasons like one reason is if i were to go and work for a company that was not educational typically then i'm gonna have to deal with an old technology and That's because, true. because because we're in the education field, mm-hmm. we are expected to teach the latest and greatest. Mm-hmm. I already had that problem. You know, we're going to come up on me teaching you all stuff pretty soon here yeah, in, the, yeah. in the history. And we're going to see that I was a bit rusty because the, the company I was working for, I was not using that technology mm-hmm. at the time. I get that ability. I love doing that. I love having to stay fresh. I love having to stay up on it. Now, on, on the flip side, you know, when the students say to me, why aren't you out there in industry? I'm like, well, you got to understand, I'm teaching you in probably a bit of a vacuum. Like, I can show you how it should work, and you're probably going to get experience on how it actually works. <laughs> so you're going to get more than me in that regard. But 
I can stay fresh on the newest technology. It's like having a classroom that has a giant sandbox, and I'm able to, to play in there with my students. And as Scott said, you know, it's something I would want to do anyway, mm-hmm. and it's just so cool. And I'm like, look at this. It's group policy. Right. <laughs> Watch what I can do to you. Oh, the power of group policy. We can, we can, like, you know, put the screws to you. That was a great you. class. And, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always – I'm always showing the videos because because I you know Scott showed the videos and I show the videos and I've mm-hmm. adopted the bell mm-hmm. and, and I always have students create a user called Turd Ferguson which comes from Celebrity <laughs> Jeopardy so I mean like I never have a, a user named Turd Ferguson I'll yeah, tell you that no, right yeah. I've adapted I've adapted my own little thing he's got thing. some own little like, yeah <laughs> but I mean I do have my company Fred Tech though that yeah. has begun to show up in the Cisco exams. Interesting. Fred Tech Tech is in the Cisco exams. I'm like, Cisco ripped me off, man. Yeah, so I like, you know, it's it's, it's all of doing what you love. And I try to tell all my students, if you don't love doing this, you better find another field because you're going to have to love it. As you said, Dave, you were so eager to learn that new stuff and that new technology that if you don't already love it, if you feel it's a chore, you better go the the way of English or math because those haven't changed in hundreds of years, and you can stick with those a lot easier than having to learn something new each and yeah, every day. The headaches and the stress would just kill you if yeah. you don't really love to do it. Right. And and kind of on a on a note, a very note that you were just saying about using older technology. If you go work somewhere, my last two jobs was very that, but I enjoyed the fact that. I was taking their old technology and teaching them about the new, and then they would let me upgrade to the new. So sure, I I loved saying, "Look, you guys are using the old stuff. Let's move to the new stuff. It does this right." And I loved talking them talking them up, and uh, and I, I I upgraded. I mean, probably a dozen companies here in the tri-state area from 2003s to 2008 servers. Oh, man. Seriously. That, that totally reminds me of the customer I had, though, that had been Not running. Not your lawyer, right? Run, run, no. But they didn't pay you. Running that. That's, oh, that's yeah. a whole other story. That, by the <laughs> way, episode 10, man. Go back and listen to Talk <laughs> On <laughs> Talk <laughs> on, <laughs> Talk on Tech, episode 10. He mentions that one. Fantastic. He also mentions um, the accountant who wouldn't pay him. <laughs> and then because the C- they came there over Christmas. And then the CEO <laughs> called and said, hey, they said, you won't come back and he's like yeah your accountant will the not the accountant the uh, accounts the payable yeah mm-hmm. and he gets to tell the ceo hey your your accounts payable person didn't pay me and that quickly got resolved <laughs> all kinds of good stories nice. episode 10 yeah, it's amazing i'll try to remember that but holy crap you <laughs> think, totally got me sidetracked now it, it, it reminds me of the 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 one customer that i had though you know because i started out in novell and I was a Novell engineer, CNE, and um, and I still say that Network Three was like the Energizer Bunny of networking. I mean, man, it just it went on and on and on. The only problem with Novell was they never really were too hot on TCP/IP at the time. They thought IPX, SPX was you know no. everybody was going to realize that was the best, and that didn't happen. Mm. But I went there to upgrade, you know, with quotes, upgrade them from Novell to uh, Windows 2000 server. And when I looked at the at the log on their network machine, they'd been up for 965 days. Oh, man. And I said, oh, my gosh. Um, I looked at that, and I thought, I, I, I felt guilty because I was thinking, there's no Microsoft product that's ever going to run 965 days without <laughs> having it rebooted. It's not, it's not going to happen. And so sometimes uh, the point. older technology is better, I think, but they needed that for something that um, only Windows would provide. They had some kind of an application or something that they needed that, that did Windows. But man, that thing and that same customer had 
mirrored drives. Oh, and yeah. And when, when we went to, to try to sell him on that, because the way I used to work, I, I would work with um, a, a salesman, and, and I would totally be the tech side of things for that. He would come back and, and have like a request for quotation or something. That's how we worked on state stuff. But we, we sold um, accounting software. And we had a couple of certified public accounts that worked there too. And they were programmers on Business Basic, which is one that you don't see too often. Mm. And so they would program in that, you know, and we sold this accounting stuff. And so then they needed like, you know, turnkey um, network systems that could do that. And so I would do all that. Well, this, you know, our salesman had no idea really what, you know, mirroring was or anything like that. And so mm-hmm. I was telling this guy, I said, you know, this is two hard drives and they have both have a copy of what you're running. And if one of them goes down, you'll stay up and running. And so he was, but it was like a SCSI drive and they were really expensive, you know? Mm. And so it was like maybe a thousand dollars in the server. And he's like, I don't think I want to spend that. And I said, well, I'm telling you, you know, this, this will keep you up and running. And so finally he said, okay. So then I I had to get in one time, you know, just looking, um, I was checking on something else. I dialed into it and um, it turns out that his drive had been down for two weeks. And they were up and going, baby, you know, mm. that, that mirror drive. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I, I called him up and I said, hey, um, we need to come up there and replace a hard drive. And he said, what for? And I said, well, remember when we were talking to you about those mirrored drive things? He said, yeah. And I said, well, one of those went bad. And he said, what? I said, yeah, you didn't even know, right? It's been running just fine. He said, yes. And I was like, hey, you know, I'll be up there with this replacement drive to fix it or whatever. And so then when I got up there, he said, hey. If you ever need any help selling one of these things to anybody, <laughs> you have them call me, man, and I will tell them that's what, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, but I, I love Network 3. It was just, it was great, but it didn't do TCP IP natively or anything. And so, that's why you don't hear about Novell anymore much, you know. So, mm-hmm. I'll stick my nose back out as you guys go back. And, <laughs> no, <that's laughs> yeah, I mean, stuff like that, you know. Mirroring stuff like that's pretty common now, but the thing is, only SCSIs did that for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you only I mean, had like your RAID you cards were all smart, SCSI. A smart right. uh, RAID card. You mm-hmm. control yeah. such mm-hmm. a thing. So you were in LA. Mm-hmm. You convinced Rick to come out. Rick. Well, I went with him when he went back out. Well, you, he I mean, actually rode with me in the car. As but, I mean, like, but I mean, like, yes. he, he was I he was in L.A., yeah. but I mean, he came back to visit. He came back to pack up his stuff and then drive his car out to L.A. Oh, okay. And so mm-hmm. you you convinced him to come with you, but you you what you it is, a fan. is you know I I told them yes I'd like to work for him, but I have to be respectful to a company Big Bear that I'd worked for for nine years. Mm-hmm. I was like, look, I want to I just want to give him my two weeks. Yeah, that's wait. How, how long were you out in L.A.? Because talk about being respectful, you like up and left Big Bear. I mean, like you, how how long were you out there? I was out in L.A. for oh, I mean. Initially, before you came back, like a week or I mean, just a week. Yeah, oh, like a vacation. Okay, uh, it was literally oh, just a week vacation. My brother flew me out. I stayed the week, and he flew mm-hmm. me back the following Sunday. Oh, okay, because I, so, I thought you were going <laughs> yeah. for like three months. <laughs> and Big Bear's like, where, 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 where are you Dave? Right. Like, right. Did he fall asleep in the like the the, the freezer case? <laughs> so yeah, so when I went out there, yeah, okay. I had something. I had hopes to get into the same stuff that Dave was playing with at that point in time, but uh, I I didn't have the same level of enthusiasm that he had. And, but, but were you guys roommates at all yet? We, no. Okay, okay. No, yeah, we just, we just, <laughs> just ran through Literally, we just uh, would hang out occasionally at someone's house and play video games, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes we'd go over to his place, check out his 
his uh, five second uh, 3D Studio Max uh, videos that he would uh, make on his old. I, I don't remember which computer it was. It took nice. 16 hours to render five seconds. <laughs> yeah. All this good stuff. Yeah, yeah, which was not a silicon graphics machine. <laughs> not even close. But uh, yeah, so so when I went out there with him, I was hoping to find something and then eventually get into the special effects field, which is where he was working at. Mm-hmm. But then things just didn't work out. I was still enrolled here at Marshall. I still had a job back here. And we're actually at Marshall. I don't think we made that distinction. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the very beginning, we're we're, we're saying here. Yeah, the word it's, a, here it's, is it's more than one reunion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, we're 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 on site. You know, not, <laughs> we are two floors from where we traditionally taught. <laughs> yep, Second in floor, the same building floor. though. Man, mm-hmm. it's it's a blast from the past. <laughs> so, but then yeah, so I didn't make the clean break from here that I should have. Mm-hmm. That's not. I mean, I don't know how things would have turned out if I had stayed out there. Sure, but. Um, yeah. So, so you so you came back. I came back. But you stuck it out and stayed out there. I did. But Three I used years. Yeah. And I mean I but I used to call him and I talk about how cool what I was doing was. I think I, I not intentionally influenced him influenced him like to be computers like I was, but I was just excited about what I was doing. So I was like Hey man, you do this, you know, yeah. I'm doing this today and I'm mm-hmm. doing that mm-hmm. and we're doing this. I got to see in the server room, which is you know, bigger than garage, and it's stupid. You and know, I was <laughs> ridiculously huge. And I was still playing and, with computers too. And he had his right. own computer, and we we tried to play video games yeah. because mm-hmm. both of us were finally getting well broadband yet. I yeah. care. I know. I did. remember. I, I mean, I you. I remember you had a hotline server. Yeah. That I used to connect when I first was beta testing uh, broadband service for Armstrong Cable at that time. Wow. Yeah. So my 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 main understanding here is i think oh, at least when i felt when i came back from los angeles that rick was interested in at, at that, that point. point yeah okay like either he had been doing it mostly on his own mm-hmm. but he'd really yeah. deeply got and he built his own computer by then well I mean, yeah full-fledged built from scratch there was another adventure um, i was that i took about a year later i went to arizona for about six months and that out there is when i built my first mm-hmm. computer Okay. A Pentium three dual dual Pentium three gigahertz processor. About all those oh, parts at Fry's Electronics. <laughs> and then at that point in time, and, I was like, I realized, oh, this is really what I want to do, but I don't know where to go to get a formal education in this. Okay. And that's when Dave comes back into so the picture. So you come back. So when I came back, uh, two things. Uh, number one is I worked in the computer department at Best Buy. The Best Buy was just opening. I actually. I actually put the store together. I, mm-hmm. I started there before it was open. So, And number two is, you know, me and Rick were like, he was living with his parents and I was living with mom because we came back. You know, I came oh, back and- Oh, and, wait a minute. No, actually, and, I was living with your parents. Oh, wow. Remember? Were you living at the time? Well, well, it was, when, it was shortly after you came back. They were right. like, what, what happened to our son? Oh, <laughs> And there was something we never had. So I was working for <laughs> Autism <laughs> Services. I was going. Wow, we did work for Autism <laughs> Services too at the computer store. Huh? Um, and then, uh, I, but I was getting tired of that job, and the rent was getting pushed up at the apartment that I was living at. Oh yeah, when you lived out. And by so the I was like, oh god, I I'm gonna have to that. move back in with my parents. I don't want to do this again. So then so I was I'll talking to Dave. I'll move with Dave's parents instead. Yeah, that was yeah, a better man. option as far as I was totally concerned. different. But, but the thing is, you know, when he switched jobs and I started working at Best Buy, eventually we went and got our own apartment. I think that on 14th Street, on 14th Street, and that really got us. Uh, and what I say is like, okay, we need to decide right now. You hate your, you have your degree, but you do nothing with it. I literally, I was like, I just being frank with you, mm-hmm. you don't like it, you don't want to do anything with it, you're done with it. Let's let's do what we actually like. 
Mm-hmm. We like playing video games. We like computers. Mm-hmm. We like, and we've both built them, and and so mm-hmm. on. So we came, and we talked to. I don't remember who we talked to, but I told them when I got here that I didn't want any of the things I'd taken before. I, I described how unhappy I was with, you know, the one got canceled, and you know, and terrible things like that. I was like, "What do you have here that's like?" You know, I want to be a Microsoft engineer. I want to be able to install Microsoft that was probably servers. Probably the, the you know and, magic and word there there when you said I that. I did. I said I was like, I want to do something where I'm Microsoft installing servers and doing Microsoft networking. I said, Oh boy, and they're like, we got something for you. They're like, I guess we do. And like, okay, yeah. but they're like, we don't have it in the regular college. You know, it's over in the community college. I'm like, oh, I don't really care. I need something that's gonna right build me on what. You know, I want what I feel that I want to do from here. You know, and at that time, the community college was a component college of Marshall mm-hmm. University. I mean, so mm-hmm. it was, we were, were, it were still all together, and mm-hmm. um, you know, just like college of science, college of business, mm-hmm. community technical college. You know, those are how that's what a university is: a bunch of you know interconnected colleges or whatever. Sub, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, uh, I'll go ahead. I mean, no, just, no, and and then once I talked to someone and they showed me, they gave me the little piece of paper that said, "Here's what you do." Per semester for two years, here it is. And so I picked up two of them. I'm like, look, I'm going to show this to Rick. We're going to, you know, and we're going to we're going to do this thing. Yeah. You know, and you want a collision course with me, and you just didn't even know. <laughs> he didn't. Well, it wasn't. It didn't take a whole lot of convincing. Either, no, no, I, not at this at point in time, I was ready to go back to school. I realized, no, I'm at autism services that barely use my degree. Direct care staff didn't want to do that anymore. And this, and going back earlier into the conversation about. It's you know, sometimes it's about who you know to get a job and your enthusiasm. Actually, both of those played a part in me getting my first job in IT. My sister somehow at this point in time mm-hmm. worked tech for the medical education building up at the VA hospital that the, they were connected with Marshall. And she had heard that, oh, hey, they're going to have a temp position open up in computing services, extra uh-huh. help on the help desk. I was like, yes, let me go do it. And then when I interviewed and I, I told them, hey, I'm going to be going back to school, it's like, well, you can be student help then. And that's how I technically got my first job. Now, when I did the so, second interview for the more permanent position, um, they told me, it's like, well, we felt you didn't have a lot of formal education, but we could tell that you were really excited about it. And uh, so that's why we knew we were comfortable with hiring you. Yeah. Yeah, that's That's exactly enthusiasm. how I got mine. They knew somebody and the enthusiasm. Yep. Yeah. You know, and it also, you know, it also helped him decide. Look, I can go to college and still work here. And so, how long were you at Best Buy? Uh, because you eventually were also working over with Rick yeah, at the help desk, right? I would say okay. two and a half years, I think. Because I used to come out there and I'd see you. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. working back in the. Well, I mean, I was looking. I was looking for a, a movie or something one time. And you're like, yeah, hey, give that to me. I'll buy it, and I can get the student discount. Uh, I'll get well, the personal personal discount on that. You know? I, I, I like, definitely, oh, okay. I definitely knew he worked at Best Buy because when you would go to their um, their apartment, they had. Oh yeah. I, well, I never went there. But okay. In, in, in old Best Buy, on the side of the walls. Oh yes. They would have like big tic tac toe, you know, six or nine you panel what's squares in my room, Dave? of of yes, uh, the, of the posters. TV thing. No, 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 no they was, was like posters. giant advertisements for oh, stuff. Okay, okay, gotcha. And one of the advertisements they had at their house, I distinctly remember, was the Matrix. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, we actually had two of them. And yeah. I guess in Dave's room had they had the Matrix, and in my room I had the big Call of Duty one. But Ooh. I mean, up on we're, my we're wall. talking like. I mean, 15 feet tall by 15 <laughs> feet wide. It had to roll across the wall onto the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. But I was just going to say another connection where, you know, Rob knew Brad. 
you probably also worked with a good friend of mine and original MCSE graduate, Ryan Satterfield. Absolutely. Ryan worked at Sears, and he's who I bought my original iMac from. And then he went to Best Buy, <laughs> wow. and he's who I bought my original Canon Digital Rebel from as well. Nice. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of connections there. So, you you guys both decide to come back here and go through Scott's classes. Yep. And this is um, where you came in along the way. So, yeah, this is where I come in because, you know, I, I finished – I took Scott's original NT4 classes, and those were basically – the summer of two, well, the spring of 2000 and the yes. summer of 2000. Right. And those were seven classes, three of them in the summer. Woo. And then as soon as he finished really that, want that, yeah, as soon as he finished that, he goes, ah, oh, 2000's out. And so he just started the start whole cycle over in 2000. So I then took his fall four classes and his spring three classes into 2001. So I had him for the 14 classes. But I finished, I was done. It was a glutton for punishment. I, 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 I graduated. Actually, several people did that, too. Yeah. I, mm. I graduated in December 2001. Now, you all don't start taking Scott's classes until probably 2003, I would think. Or 2003 is when I came along in that regard. Sounds about right. And, mm-hmm. and I had been working Absolutely. for W3 Consulting. I had been doing a lot of the at-home cable modem installations. I'd not been touching server for a long right. time. Mm-hmm. And so, but I had been doing a couple of adjunct classes. And so Scott and Rhonda called and said, hey, so this time, instead of doing a 101, instead of doing maybe this uh, PHP class you've been doing, how about this? How about you finish off Scott's final three 2000 classes? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Why not? I mean, it's not going to be any different than anything else. <laughs> I, will, I will tell you all, it was significantly different because the amount of prep I was accustomed to was much, much less than the amount of prep that I, I, I put on myself, whether I needed to or not for these classes because I had to go back and research. And as you all know, we were going through a chapter, maybe two chapters a night. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like at some points that I was slightly drowning because I was doing adjunct stuff while also having a full-time job elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And so um, I remember surviving that semester, meeting, <laughs> meeting you all. Yeah. Meeting, meeting, and I, I want to say uh, James's brother, Donald, I think, yeah. was in was yep. in your all's class. Yep. And By I, the way, for Don people Mons. who don't really know – academia adjuncts are part-time faculty mm-hmm. you know you got mm-hmm. full-time faculty and then adjunct faculty i just wanted to mention that because you know I, I, sure. I knew i never would have known that when if i hadn't been in it either right. yeah. recently i so, definitely didn't for a long time yeah i didn't know yeah. what it was until i got asked to be one yeah <laughs> right. it used to be i couldn't even spell adjunct now <laughs> right. like, okay so so i went through the classes and and i <laughs> when scott came back to mcse just like or i mean not mcs M- mctc Freudian slip there. When he came back <laughs> about a year ago, I discovered, rediscovered my old evaluation. <laughs> and so I actually pulled out and showed to the dean one of the evaluations, which is the best. It asked, um, what are the strengths of the professor? What are the weaknesses of the professor? Um, what are the strengths of the course? Weaknesses of the course. I had a lot of um, strengths that were, I was an excellent PowerPoint reader. <laughs> oh my. One, one of one of my favorite weaknesses was here it is, here it is. he is not scott nicholas <laughs> oh. <laughs> that that's fantastic you know, it's terrible it's, it's terrible, terrible thing to do with somebody just beat on you right. yeah, that, was, that was just mean i mean really and actually Rhonda had told me she's like you know it, it's a good thing patrick has got you know a, a 
strong self-image because if not that would have just killed him and i was thinking it would kill me mm. you know so i, well, I, I mean, told you did, i said that is not fair it did I mean, kill it's just, you. It just it, mean. It, but it did but it did kill me because much like the only time i've ever been fired it it felt like that to a degree because i thought i thought they're not going to well, I mean, my thing More was back, we're reading them. Well, a lot of people I, think that nobody reads those. Mm. A lot of no, students I mean, do. I read that. And, and looking back, yeah, like I say, for sure. I totally underestimated the amount of prep that I needed to do as an adjunct. And so that quickly taught me something. So I never had evaluations like that again. But I also talked to Scott and said that um, I didn't think it would ever, we should never have it to where first four Microsoft are taught by one person and final three are taught by somebody else because you get accustomed to someone's teaching style and suddenly when you interrupt that that flow that stream you can have this type of thing happen that's whether, exactly what happened to whether me. they're prepared or not <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. well yeah. I, i'm not trying yeah. to be mean or anything but that, that right. it, i had gotten used to your teaching style and then yeah. here comes a, you know patrick and i i just had a really difficult time readjusting well um, uh, and it's and it's true uh, um, I, I mean i want to Go ahead, Dave. I'm just going to say Patrick shouldn't necessarily, even though I know it was your, you shouldn't necessarily take it as like uh, a negative for the fact that that was your first time doing that and being compared. What they're doing is comparing you to someone who's very comfortable with it. Like, Well, what I ended up doing, like what I kind of vowed to do at that point was to make sure there was never, ever, ever an opportunity where I was not prepared so when oh, okay. when I eventually well, got hired on full time, and and Scott when Scott was still there, our yeah, goal was, was I, I, I chaired your committee. Your, you did. Yeah. The idea was when I was brought in, he was still going to do a fall spring setup, just like we always did. But I was also going to be doing a second rotation that would be spring fall, mm-hmm. so a student could jump in at any point. Yeah, that was a big problem that we had. You know, if you missed it in the fall, you were, you know, you had to wait a year. Sure. So it was a terrible. Thing. So they brought me in to do that, and so I made damn sure i was ready to start teaching those classes not sure but <laughs> and damn actually sure. <laughs> it was and actually it was a very very good thing because the spring semester i started teaching scott left oh gosh so the spring the spring semester i start teaching the microsoft section the beginning scott, of the dark days scott yeah scott leaves um yeah dark this ages. is this is the the section of the Bible where Jesus is not mentioned at all <laughs> um, <laughs> from his adolescent years to like thirty. Right. And so when that happened, I had started a group of people on two thousand three. I realized that now that Scott was gone, I was going to be the Scott. So I needed to start a new section. The Scott. So what happened is You're the Scott that, that, <laughs> that Scott that fall. I taught the final three two thousand three classes Again. and. I started the 2008 classes. Oh my. Talking about juggling some terms You're in my head, but right. I made Confusion. sure I made sure I was set because I was like, okay, this is where <laughs> this is where I can drown. You need to talk yourself through it before and each I am class. Definitely not gonna drown this time, and so yeah. need some self affirmations. Yeah. yeah, so I yeah some Stuart Smalley because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people. And dog, yeah, doggone it, people like me. So um, so yeah so. After you all went through Scott's and and my classes, you you both were already at Drinko Library as uh, as help desk people. Mm-hmm. So true. so where did you all go from there? Did you go up from there? Did you move from there? What happened after that? I was I don't know sure how many how long I stayed there actually th- at least three years. Were you always help desk? Yeah, I mean I stayed on help desk, which got you know repetitive and i didn't do any server work which is really what i wanted to do anyway 
you know so i actually um bought or built my own computer with raid bought a scuzzy drive bought raid stuff and built my own server because I, I, I couldn't af- i couldn't afford the servers like from dale and stuff at you know at that time they were just seemed so ridiculously out of that range so i sort of built my own sort of i guess half-ass server but <laughs> but i really really you know just worked on that for myself just to figure out you know gpos and and how to make a domain and make it and just really function and two, two things i wanted to say about that this is where i get to interject the thing about um uh web ct but uh what what you did right there i mean is is exactly how i ended up you know getting into network administration stuff because i started out in hardware um at the computer store but i i very quickly i saw wow man you know i really it, it was it just seemed so amazing that one person could just hit a couple of keystrokes and could keep you from doing something or could allow you to do something. Mm-hmm. But um, I went to my boss and I said, Hey, I would really like to get into this networking thing, you know? And she said, well, you know, we could use another network person, but you know, we're not going to be able to pay for you to go to classes. So you'll have to study for that on your own. Cause you were compact, right? You were hardware. No, no it was before that even. Oh, okay. And, and I was, I was, you know, configuring hardware and stuff like that for state orders, you know, cause the the machines might already be built, but they need new cards, different cards put in there for th- you know different things like um, 3270 or 5250 sessions for the mainframe and all that kind of crap. And so, I, you know, I went to her and I said that, and she said, "Well, you're going to have to study on your own. You know, you can take such and such as books and and do that on your own, but we're not going to be able to send you to classes." And so I said, "Okay." And I mean, that's how I started doing that. And so then, at one point, I wanted to learn how to do that that stuff with 3270 and 5250 and stuff because we were getting all these um, bids that said, you know, we want to hook up our network, the state state bids. So we want to hook up our network to the the state mainframe, and and you know, we need to go from you know a, a land to this you know state mainframe in addition to the internet and all that kind of stuff. Nobody was bidding on any of that stuff. Mm. And the reason was nobody had any idea how yeah. you know how to interface those things, and so especially if you're talking VPN, is that right? Or no, well, even before that, WAN, yeah, it, WAN it was, connections. It, it was it was a gateway oh, server. Okay, it gotcha. was a gateway server to to get them you know from like their Novell network sure. to get them on the the mainframe. The state had had, and I think they probably still do one state mainframe that they would bill out time to different agencies like you know the DMV and you know um, hmm. Health and Human Services and stuff like that, and so. Um, and, and they were all totally IBM at that point. They had, you know, front-end controllers that connected them to the mainframe, and those front-end controllers controlled their, their terminals and stuff that they were on there. It was just really clunky. And so I went to my boss, and I said, you know, I usually, you know, just cobble some stuff together mm-hmm. from my own hardware to study for things. And I said, but I don't have a spare mainframe laying around. <laughs> and, um, and I said, I don't really know anybody who does. So if you'd send me to a class, um, I think we could make, you know, we could get a lot of these bids because nobody else knows how to do it. And she so said, I think you're right. And so she sent me to a class for that, and that's how I ended up doing it. But I would cobble together stuff just like what you're talking about, and that's how I learned all, on all kinds of that stuff. But we were talking about who you know i mean sometimes i feel like i've taught almost every it person around because <laughs> i was getting ready to give a test in corbley hall which is where we are right now <laughs> and um it took this you know educational platform that that we used to to give those exams at the time because i started out just doing paper ones but now it moved to computerized ones right a learning management <laughs> learning system. management <laughs> system and lms, LMS. and um, kind of like a portal you know that got you in to do things and so I was, it was, we were either having a midterm or a final. I can't remember what it was at the time, but, you know, we class started at 
four o'clock and then all of a sudden we get this pop-up thing in class that said oh yeah by the way <laughs> web ct is going down at at five o'clock you know make sure to log off <laughs> i was like what are you talking about you know so i call over to um computing services at here at marshall and i was like hey i'm a professor i'm you know getting ready to give a midterm it must have been a midterm and i said i'm getting ready to give a midterm at five o'clock and you guys say you know just send a pop out mes- pop-up message that said that it was going to go down at five and he said yeah yeah sorry about that and then I said, well, I'm getting, okay, I'm getting ready to give, you know, midterm over here in my Microsoft class. And this guy goes, Scott, is that you? <laughs> and I said, Dave, is that you? And he said, yeah, man. Yeah. Okay, well, hang on just a second. He comes back and he says, okay, we'll just wait till, when, when's your thing going to be over? You know, we'll wait, wait till seven or eight o'clock. Is that, that do it for you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, it's all who you know, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. Anyway. My, my favorite was always the fact that. They would never give you the password to the switch. And you wanted to say, hey, you know, you guys were just in my class like two semesters ago. You know what I'm doing over yeah, here. Yeah, but it, it was the it was somebody else that n- I never had that was always responsible for that. The, you know, the Cisco plumbing stuff. You know, he calls it's, Cisco people plumbers. Mm. You can all send your you know email your hate mail to you know patrick at blah, blah, blah. Yeah, talk on tech podcast. yeah talk on tech. If, if you don't feel <laughs> if you feel like you're better than a plumber as a cisco person because i, I do those too but he calls us plumbers can and, you believe that crap um so anyway there was a switch inside that classroom that was had you know an uplink we were all plugged into that switch and it was I a would server in, class yeah it was a server class so and, and we'd fire up 20 DHCP servers right? <laughs> right and i was trying to protect the campus at the time and i would say hey um if you guys need to give me the the password so i can turn off the uplink port on this on this switch you know so no no we can't do that you can't have that forget that and i'd say but well, i'm going to be doing yeah yeah we don't care what you're doing you know okay. and i'd say okay fine and i just wait and then when we did the install and we were doing you know 20 dhcp servers 20, that are 20 servers out giving IP out the addresses all over campus and nobody can get on the internet <laughs> then all of a sudden i'd get like a hate mail thing that says hey don't you know you need to turn off the uplink switch on a report on that switch here's here's your password to get in on that and <laughs> got I'd that say, real quick okay thanks a lot and so then that whole year academic year that'd work and then summertime would come and they'd, they'd go around and they'd reset all the passwords everywhere and i would <laughs> right. say, again in I'd say, hey, I need to get the password for this. No, you can't have the password for that. Blah blah blah. I'd say, I'm gonna do. No, no, we don't care. Okie dokie. You know, twenty new DHCP servers, another hate mail thing. (laughs) (laughs) And so it just got to be. It was just a cycle, and I was like, you know, okay, fine. Well, then eventually it was DHCP snooping because because eventually they just made it to where we couldn't even pass out the DHCP packets, and so you'd have to call over there. What what I hate not for me. They never, they never got there for, on well, that for me. They oh, got, you they got there. <laughs> yeah. I remember one time having a three-hour phone call with JV at one point. JV Vance. And I was JV like, I was like, Vance. JV, Vance. JV. Was a, a, a student said, yes, of I mine? Yes. I said, JV, something is wrong, okay? I cannot hand out DHCP packets. Well, I just checked. DHCP snooping is not turned on. I said, trust me, it's turned on because I can't hand out any packets. And then after about three hours, he goes, oh, so they didn't actually turn it on on that port. It's actually up in the global configuration. And I was like, I don't care where it is. Just turn it off. Because that's just plumbing and make it stop. <laughs> yes. And then before we left here, I managed, they gave me an entire class B address range that I was allowed to have handed out. <laughs> and, and I was like, this is perfect. And then we leave here and we go to MCTC. And then I had to start the fight all over again. Well, you know, the fight's even worse than that at Ohio <laughs> University because, you know, you cannot plug a server into the network. Period. 
because Athens calls and says, what you're, are you doing? You're, you're teaching, trying to teach, you know, oh, I don't know, MCSC classes, you know, a right. server class, and you right. cannot plug in a server to yeah. the network. Yeah. I used to unplug everybody and, mm-hmm. and plug them into a hub or switch that I had. And then I remember one time somebody forgot to unplug and plug into my thing before their server came up with the removable drive. And the look of terror on his face when he's like, oh, my God, I forgot to unplug. And I was like, quick, dude, do it. You know, before the police get here, the, the, the network police from Athens, you know. Oh, God. So talk about a breath of fresh air to come back to MCTC where you could actually, you know, have a real network class right. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. The, the, the dark years wandering in the <laughs> desert. So. So you stayed on the help desk the whole time, but then you eventually left. Where'd you go after that? I um, went for a company. They were called Allcom, and they are up. They were up in the Hurricane, mm-hmm. and basically, it was a small company that took care of various small businesses in the area, in the tri-state area. Like it could be anybody. Like Budweiser Distributor was one of our you know uh clients and we had clients in um, ashland and ironton and and everything so i just so were you similar to probably like an advanced technology solutions like an ats yeah absolutely yeah okay. no ats came out just while i was working for them ats showed up a little bit later and they're okay. actually were on the next exit down Tays valley yeah. from us mm-hmm. we were in hurricane so yeah and then i actually knew one of the guys that worked there mm-hmm what was really cool about that is this is where I was describing earlier where most of the people were in here had 2003 servers mm-hmm. and this is like you know getting quite old so like I worked with them and sold them and you know made the company money because you know we we added 20% on top of everything we bought for them and so I was selling servers to everybody mm-hmm. I mean I was I mean we're, you know 30 clients we had I I sold them all 2008 servers and mm-hmm. I go in there you know, we do the, um, yeah, I was trying to think, um, demote the domain and oh, yeah. you know, promote the new domain. You know, because, you know, AD prep. Yeah, yes. you still, you still oh, had that. Were you you still that? had that yeah. functionality. That's then, right. See, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Active directory prep. Yeah. And get, so. Raise your schema. Um, oh, God, schema. People were, you know, I think oh, amazed wow. uh, a lot of the people I worked for when I, when I was actually leaving that company, like many of them said that I should just work for them by myself. Yeah. And I was like, ah, you know, I just, I know that that's tough. I can't do that. You know, clients wanted to go with you basically. They, they did. They wanted me to have my own, they Consulting. said, go, go get you a company license and we'll mm-hmm. be your, you can be our tech because they said that I did more for them than the, the guy with the last five years had been, they'd been with. So I had customers like that when I left to come to Marshall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they they tracked me down and called me up and said, you know, we want you to still, you know, do our networks. And I was like, I have another job now, you know. Uh, I know yeah. exactly what you mean. They were comfortable with you. You did a good job. And they that that is the thing. You know, the customer feels comfortable. They know when they call you up that, you know, they're, they're, they're panic mode. Something's wrong, yeah. you know. And, and they know they call you and everything will be okay. Yeah. Yep. And, and they didn't want somebody else to be doing that. They wanted you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you left there, where did you go? I went to, it was a pretty good, it was, I'm trying to think, it was a a spectacular job offer. I mean, I told them all the experience I had, you know, and this company needed someone Mm -hmm. desperately, you know, and they couldn't find anybody in their area. You know, the bad part is, is (laughs) this is all the way up past Point Pleasant. Oh. Yeah. So. A bit of a trek for you. 
and they begged me to come up there. So I go up there, I go for an interview. Their their main IT person that lives in Miami, Florida, That's because this company is owned by them. Mm-hmm. They need an IT. So they flew him up here to interview me. I answered all of his questions, told him everything you know, he needed to know, and they really wanted me. And so, <laughs> I mean, I really just named like a really high price just because I was like, look, I'm going to have to drive an hour and a half right. just to get here every day, an hour and a half back. Mm-hmm. And you still want me to stay here nine hours, you know, with an hour lunch. It's a long day every day. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, you know, and they're like. They accepted your they offer? They accepted what I thought was too much oh, money. Right. <laughs> and you're like, oh, crap. Because. Yeah, I left money on the table. <laughs> like, okay, so let me, and I'm not going to give you like exact numbers, but let sure. me tell you. They offered a certain amount. Mine was 13000 over that. Like. So like so like on their so, posting they said like let's say they offered thirty which we we all know is yeah. ridiculous but they offered thirty you went and in I there said, and said I want forty three forty five okay <laughs> yeah and then what they did is they came down like to uh, to forty two okay yeah you know what I'm saying they came down sure. like one or two thousand underneath mine well, what was that company's that, name that made them feel Feldman good. Feldman okay. Film well, Productions, huh? That made them feel made good. Made them feel good to come down yeah, a bit. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I literally... Give them the victory. Yeah. <laughs> 15000 over is what my initial thing right. was. 15000 over what they were offering. And, and so they kind of called your bluff. I guess, I mean, they, they came down a couple thousand. I was like, mm-hmm. I'd still, you know, okay. it's, it's still plenty. He's still coming out on top. But yeah. the thing is, you know, okay, I'm going to have to get used to driving uh-huh. an hour and a half. And I told them, you know... They're going to have to give me some slack there because, you know, getting here every morning through through five school districts, oh. you know, is, is, is painful. Mm-hmm. So, But, no, um, the other thing that was good about the job is that they're like, okay, we're having – you know, we don't have anybody who's qualified, but you are. What we're going to do is we're going to up your title to, you know, IT manager so that you'll be getting bonuses. So every time the company makes money at the end of the year, you'll get a bonus. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I can, I can handle this. <laughs> I can push my arm on that one. There. <laughs> so, um, well, well, it seemed like at first when you started talking about them, it it seemed like, and maybe I'm reading it wrong, but it seemed like re- it, it didn't end up being a good fit for you. No, Cause, cause we, I was reluctant for the fact that it's very far away. Yeah, and. It's a lot of driving, yeah, and I'm you know, I'm gone a lot. But the other thing is, is that the ability to assist them. This is a industrial plant, and what they wanted me to do was put networking and technology in a plant that had lots of. Uh, they had an EMP field on three different areas of it, but they also had molten product that if you were to put products near them they would burn up in no time yeah and i mean i immediately started thinking of like electromagnetic interference they, they had huge yeah. em emp fields on three areas of the plant and they mm-hmm. wanted me to put wireless in over there <laughs> like, hey guys i'm not sure how this good this is gonna work but you know so then they were telling me all this stuff up front they're like we need this we want this this place is this place was made in 1952 we need it up to date now. It has like, you know, very old technology. Stuff so you were getting paid to play along with the reality distortion field <laughs> <laughs> that they were presenting, basically. Yeah. And um, 
They thought you so, had some kind of new networking technology in your pocket that was going to be able to survive molten lava and electromagnetic interference. Well, it's funny is, you know, I mean, I could go on telling you all kinds of stories about this place for a while. But let me just say they want a wireless in an area that's like three football field size. And it has three areas that have this huge EMP field. Sure. So, and they want the... the um, the coal trucks and the tractors all have these little computers inside them that would reach through the wireless and be able to keep data as they're dumping loads, et cetera, et cetera. Almost right? like a GPS or RFID tag today. Absolutely, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, I get I get this company, you know, I tell them, what's funny is Don Mines, mm-hmm. he worked, he's straight Cisco guy. He mm-hmm. went plumber. straight Cisco. He's a plumber, yeah. Yeah, yeah there you no, go. he's not a plumber. And so I talked to him about it, and we get a you know thing for him. It's like fifty thousand dollars to to get these high end, super powerful Cisco outdoor. They could go through a hurricane, and they'd still be just fine. You know, the building would fall down, but are the you Cisco talking about point to point wireless? We're talking about no, no, not oh, okay. at all. Okay. No, we're talking so, so, so full the wireless thing. Full. I had to make coverage areas in nine spots. So are these access points? These are all access points. Yeah. Okay. These are um, outdoor metal, you know, high high gain, you know, power over Ethernet. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Take that, uh, Mr. Plumber. (laughs) (laughs) So. um, Well, I mean, yeah, I'll just say I I can't get on the wireless network. Just I can't flush my toilet. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> one thing smells a lot better than the other one, but still, True. It's, it's a problem. So out of that, you know, we arranged it to not be around the EMP, and we arranged it not to be around the heated elements as much as possible. So, but we had this one that kept going down, and occasionally it would just kick off. And like, okay, you know, we'd look at it. And it's, we got there, and it seemed fine. We check it through the computer. Finally, we go out there, and we find out that they're dumping this top layer of the hot stuff right in slag. front of it slag <laughs> yes they're scraping the slag off right in front of it <laughs> so the, the and you can see it, you we would have a we have, i took a laptop over i'm hooked to it and they scrape it off and the temperature goes to 280 degrees or something and the thing's just like screw this you know, <laughs> i'm going off because i'm going to explode <laughs> right and so you know we had to we, we didn't realize we didn't take that into perspective because we had no idea that that was going to make a difference. So we just took it and put it on the other side of the wall, on, on the other side of a big steel beam, and it you know, got rid of that. But Cisco should have called that version the Pompeii edition. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we tested that one. Now, if it's still live, That's all Wi-Fi though. access point Pompeii edition. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is you, I was dumb enough to like be like, okay, it's getting really hot. Okay, it kicked off. Let's touch it. Oh, gosh. So I'm like, holy what am I thinking? <laughs> yeah, totally burned my hand. Oh, my gosh. The outside of this metal Cisco box, and I touch it, and I'm like, oh. This I, is, I can, I'll tell you stupid. other story when we're not on here, but uh, um, yes. 280 you, degrees. You look at you look back, and you're like, you know, where where did my mind go for just <laughs> yeah. that one second? Just for, where I was second. Like, you know, <laughs> just for a second. Hmm, uh, well, how hot is this? Ah! You know, um, yeah. I did. I've done a couple of things. You're standing up there and you're sweating and you got your fire suit on and your helmet. I mean, believe it or not, I had to wear all this stuff. Uh, oh gosh! Ben, you're this like reminded me of a chemistry I'm class. Not that, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> hot, but I'm not that hot. So let's touch. I don't know. I don't know why. I touched like Heisenberg. <laughs> right, right. I knew a guy. We with fiber, right? You know, and um, single mode fiber that's got you know an actual laser and yep. going through the glass. He um, unhooked the thing. I was in a class. And he unhooked the thing and just looked right into it. Oh, God. Oh. So he had a laser shoot him right in the eye. And then he's like, oh, 
spots. Yeah. <laughs> it, but luckily, it didn't blind him or anything. It, but he did have spots in his eyes for like two days or something mm. like that. And that, you know, mm. just for a second, he was like, oh, I wonder what, oh, wonder what this looks like. Yeah. Mm. I did the same thing, kind of stupid. In, in a chemistry class one time, we were working with hydrochloric acid and benzene. Mm. Right. Mm. And so we're, we've got a mask on, you know, with goggles and everything. And we're working underneath a hood that's sucking up the toxic fumes. Right. And so I'm standing there again. You know, hey, wonder what this smells like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Lord. I, I just lifted up, stuck it up. To my eyes, and I was like, and then <laughs> <laughs> and, and tears were just pouring out of my I eyes, puddling in my, in my goggles and everything. Same kind of a thing. And I'm looking around. I can't breathe, but I want to make sure nobody sees me choking to death. Right. You right. know, and so, <laughs> so great. your mind just goes to the Bahamas for a second yep. sometimes. And yep. that's what happens. But yep. God, oh, man. Yeah. Woo. I just. I thought maybe, you know, because there's a big Cisco imprinted that I might have had it on my oh. hand, like the guy from in, in, Oh, Indiana Jones when he grabbed the, yeah. the pendant, yes. Yeah. I just uh, wanted you to know, and everybody else to know, that your mind, it's not just you, dude. It's just, I mean, it happens. It's just that second of yeah. your like, And you're like, thank God I lived through that. You know? yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, sorry. So, so how long were you there before you ended up leaving, and where'd you go next? Um, I'm at where I am now as a blackboard, but okay. I was there for, again, I was there for th- three years, almost four, I think. And, um, oh, you drove that for that long. <sighs> Tell me about it. Ugh. Three years. It was, it was three years and something. I think th- it might not have been quite as much as I thought. This might've been three years and two months or something. How many cars did you go through? Well, my very first car had already had 200 and some thousand miles right yeah so this car had already been the hell beat out of it <laughs> and so i'm running it back and forth and this car is just like things are falling off i'm having to replace a battery oh, the great contour gray car, right my contour man <laughs> Ford contour. i mean tires are popping i mean i just cannot keep this thing running and finally one day i'm driving home and smoke is just pouring out of the thing as i'm coming down fifth street hill I get to the bottom and I have to call some guys right. because I'm like, guys, you got to help me push my car. <laughs> I was there to help <laughs> it's done. And it didn't even like click anymore. No, no turnover, nothing. And, you know, and I have a guy look at it and he's like, yeah, you froze up the pistons. <laughs> yeah. You burn one like, up, man. That's the way to do I it. Because I guess I kept driving it because it was so hot that right. I, I melted the pistons into the car. You yeah. made some slag yourself. <laughs> right, right. I think I might have. Tell me so, you didn't touch the engine after so that. So I, <laughs> I reached in there and was like, yeah. What is this? Oh, thing? Yeah. <laughs> no, and so I have the car I have now, which I put um, the first two the first two years I put, you know, 70000 the first two years I have it. The first year I drove the gray one until it died. Then the next two years I drove, I did 70 some thousand, 75,000 miles on the car in two years. So from knowing that you all have Blackboard, well, WebCT, WebCT Vista, then Blackboard at Marshall, were you able to leverage any of your Marshall experience when you went to Blackboard or, or what were they looking for? What, you know, do you know what got you the end there? I guess I would say. Blackboard's, you know, the online yeah. education. They're one of many you, LMSs, learning management yeah. systems. Sometimes yeah, they bought um, WebCT, the thing we were talking about earlier. They did. Yeah, they bought um, WebCT. Because there's, there's like Moodle and Sakai and Blackboard. And by Black- the way, Blackboard owns both of those. Oh, oh really? They own <laughs> Moodle and Sakai. Because Moodle was wow. open they source own, or something, I thought, It initially. is still open source, oh, okay. but they do own them. And they do they also and own Canvas? No. Because Canvas is new, but Canvas it's also open source. and um, there's one other Cisco competitor. uses Canvas. Really? Yeah, the plumbers. Yeah. That's but that's big man. He'll no never lay that like down. It's, it's like I feel like I'm on Fox News and someone keeps on saying death camps over and over again. He keeps um, on mentioning plumbers to me all the time. 
But with your your Combs. Um, <laughs> I'll it, be Hannity. It, it absolutely made a big difference because they wanted someone who already had that I had assisted people with an LMS of some sort. They okay. wanted me to have LMS experience. That was their key thing. So it worked out you had already did the desk at an educational institution. I was like, yeah, I mean, like, hey, man, um, just because I'm an IT manager now doesn't mean that, you know, what I did before is I actually helped people mm-hmm. with pretty much your product. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though your product's been updated a few rounds, uh, I'm sure it won't take much to, you know, to get in there and learn the new stuff and get in, get on with it you know, like that. And uh, I think just overall talking to them, you know, that, that definitely got, got me in there. Okay. From my martial experience of being on the help desk. Okay. So so Rick, you're you're still awake over here. Oh yeah. That's yeah. good. So so you <laughs> were also laughing. so at, at the at the help desk side, when when did you leave the help desk and where did you move from from Marshall's help desk? Let's see, I was on Marshall's help desk as student help at about two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Got on full time somewhere in two thousand four and then about two thousand six 2007 that's when i decided to I, they had another position had opened up for the uh managing the computer labs across campus mm-hmm. i can't remember what the official title of this was i don't think it ever had an official title but i was basically still working for marshall still working for computing services but also connected to college of liberal arts and uh, i created the campus-wide lab image that everybody used okay yeah yeah yeah, so then, okay, so then you went from being on the help desk to now being the person who had the image that got deployed to Drinko Library and all the other... Places. And even the satellite campuses that okay. we had, too. Okay. And then I did that for about that three years. That was the years. Windows WDS image, a WIM file? No. Actually, we were still using... Uh, Ghost. Ghost, yeah, GHO's files. Okay. Uh, WIM had come out, um, or the WKIA. I actually started using that uh, at the very end before I left uh, Computing Services. <laughs> um, we the, the, we had that, but there was limitations to how it could get pushed out to computers at that point in time. Because yeah, originally in 2003, you had RIS Remote Installation right. Services. No one really seemed to use no. that. But but then when um, when 2008 came around and you had Windows Deployment Services and you use the WAIK mm-hmm. to go ahead and create and, your answer file and like make a WinPE image and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. then. That's when I finally twisted the uh, you know MCTC's arm to start pushing out that way but too. We, we still we felt we couldn't use that because we couldn't do multicasting with it. It was just a single push to a single computer. In, in 2008 version, you could maybe you guys could right, do yeah. it at the point in time that we were using it. Right, it, it just could not multicast. So sure. it's like, but no. Ghost did. Yeah, Ghost did. So that's why we stuck with that. So that's the, I did that for about three years and then came over to the College of Business to be their instructional technologist, which don't let that title fool you. I'm just a glorified help desk tech for one particular college. Well, yeah, well you know you get you a title or you get money. You don't get both. Well, <laughs> whether or not I'm getting money is questionable as you far as I'm concerned. You got a title a very little well, see, money. Here's, yeah. here's, you know, me and Dave both, you know, we started out on the same, uh, same playing field. Same I think. trajectory, yeah. Right, but I think Dave's experience, even though was more difficult, he had to, you know, travel an hour and a half every day for that one job. You know, I had I had the full time job here at Marshall to begin with when I was still in class, and that was actually that became a problem while I was taking classes because oh, I have a full time job. Yeah, I don't need to finish my degree, which is why I never did finish the CTC degree. Oh, I see. Right? Because I had a full time job. Dave, I did not. Okay, I just curious. Just curious. Right. Because there was something weird about 
a class I needed and it wasn't available and then it was available. Then they were like, we're not sure you need that anymore. I think it was huh. a math requirement was, of some it sort. A, no. It was a math and I, a... I and actually figured it was a class called IT240, Internet Data Communications is what I would imagine it was. Might have been. But so neither of you all finished, but right. but you're saying, so you stayed here. Yeah. So, so how are you saying you thought that differed from his experience? Because I'm still basically tech support. Mm-hmm. Dave is doing something different altogether. I mean, he got to manage a network, which is something I wanted to do too, but I didn't do that because I got very complacent working on the help desk, working for Marsh University. It's like, I don't need to get any certifications. I don't need oh, to yeah. better myself because I've got this nice cozy job here. I, it made me feel too comfortable. Right. Whereas Dave had to continue to, not that I'm not bettering myself. I feel Dave right. betters himself more than I do because he, he has to be on top of things more often than I do. I feel like I'm just, I'm, it's it, maybe it's just a matter of perspective, but right. I I feel Dave's far more marketable than I am right now. Well, I think I think I can kind of take what you're saying, and kind of agree with that for the fact that when my students tell me why are you here, I kind of feel to a degree that I'm kind of in your boat, and the mm-hmm. idea that even though I am getting to teach them the networking stuff, it's Dave who went out in the world and said, okay, Patrick showed me how to install this stuff but I need to now fix it when it breaks. Right. So it seems like he got the more hands-on experience. And I mm-hmm. kind of, I kind of understand where you're coming from for the fact that like you're the, you're the, you're the break fix person, never the install person mm-hmm. to, to a degree. You're mm-hmm. always help desk, never actually creating the own network. Whereas he got to go out and do that. Right. But I mean, both, both I think have their, um, have their benefits in, in, in the job market because even though he's installing these networks and he's, he's fixing them from the get go, you're the maintenance guy who's maintaining the networks and seeing all the all the bugs that pop up right. after the fact. But that's not what I want to do. Maintenance is not right. glorious, <laughs> not by any means. It's boring. I, I, I'm really bored, to be honest with you, right at the moment. And so I'm right now at a point where I'm at the brink of a sea change, but I don't know how to get over that to, to actually make the change that I, changes that I need to be able to push myself in the direction that I want to go. You're wanting to call on the power of certification and be, you know, a superhero, right? Come in. Hey, we're broke down. Yeah. You know, I call on the power of certification. <laughs> I'm here to fix that for you. Yeah. I, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. I will say that uh, working with the Allcom when I was going from client to client to client just daily, that you know he was going to pay for me to take you know like all the all the certifications and I went and took just the XP one. It's over in uh, Russell. There's a place over there, Mister Micro. Oh, Mister Micro, yeah, Mister Micro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, took my first test there and got the XP one, which is not really saying much, you know. But any certifications are good certifications to right. have because you never know what's going to get you a job. Yeah, and don't worry. I mean, I, you know, I say that, but XP is just so gone i guess well, I mean, but, but at I least uh, want, i wish i'd have continued or had my chance to, but i where i worked with him so much we where i'm like oh yeah i'll eventually get to those and i didn't just go and take them like i should have i just should have scheduled them when you're working he was full time pay, yeah it's hard mm-hmm. to do but he yeah. was going to pay for them and he did the first one i should have just continued on let him pay for them and done them right i probably could have had a few more under my belt well, um, well based on both of your all's trajectories do you have advice for someone who's coming through it right now like can you look back and and rick you kind of already started to kind of hit upon this based on dave's trajectory Mm -hmm. do do you have do you see pros and cons to what you did and can you talk about those so that someone who's maybe starting off at this point can can take some hopefully advice from your all's paths that you actually followed yeah you know get that entry-level job that you need to get your feet wet but don't don't 
stay there and you finish your education, but continue to find that that position that you really want to get. Just don't settle. I, I don't know. I, you know, there's no typical or generalized uh, mindset for individuals who get into IT, but it, it seems like for me, I'm, I'm hungry for that knowledge, but I'm far too comfortable with where I'm at right now. So and I, I don't, don't know how to explain. Don't get comfortable, is what No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't yeah, get comfortable. Complacent. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just continue to, to better yourself, to keep the furthering that education. And you might have that great job that, that seems fun, but uh, if, if you're like me, I'll, you get bored with it in a couple of years and you want something, you want a different challenge. I'm not challenged at this job at all. Find a job that will always challenge you, that will make you have to learn something that you know nothing about. Okay. Dave, what about you? Um, I think mine kind of builds off what he's saying. Uh, my biggest thing is that no matter if you you know get a great job and you move up the chain and you go and take all the tests and you got a, some sort of great service, say you got the MCSE when it was called that. It's, it still is now. It's we're just we're back. Something different. Yeah, they it's came back. back. To it. So not okay, that cool. I had any impact. So say on that you, at all. you had that MCSE. <laughs> um, my personal preferences don't just stick with that. You know, the next year take whatever the test is because i know they have like at least five different you know certs that you can get that's an actual you know administrator like at this point at, po- at this point there are multiple mcse paths you can go you can right. be you can be an exchange mcse you can be a links mcse you can be a uh, let's say you decide that you you have your job and you're the systems administrator you're the head guy you're the top and sure and you go and get that exchange one mm-hmm to me, that's not enough. You know, my next one is, you know, instead of getting the exchange one, let's go to the whatever the next one is. You know, if you want to be more specific to the thing, I, it's kind of like you're saying, don't be complacent. But like for me, like I'm hungry for the knowledge for the next thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And and if I have a perfect 2008 server system running, just because it's perfect doesn't mean I don't want to upgrade to 2012 as soon as it came out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I want to take my company and I want to make them the next thing. Mm-hmm. I want to buy a new server. I want to upgrade them. I want to figure out how to do that. Get them that. on the cutting edge. I want to get them on the new exchange. Uh, you know, if they want to go cloud-based, we we'll figure that out. You know, I don't think that any cert is a place to stop at. Nope. If that makes sense. Yeah, you just got to keep going. Uh, because uh, lifetime, the technology, lifelong learner. technology mm-hmm. yeah. it just yeah. grows too fast. You can't just stick with, hey, I, I got the... 2000 MCSE, you know, I should have 2003 and 2008, and you should just continue trying to get that next learning. And well, one thing I would I would add on to that is don't just collect certifications like they're Pokemon to be collecting them, because when you were talking about getting the exchange one or whatnot, make sure you're using it too. That's one thing I would think about because you know Scott was mentioning going out there and. You wanted to actually get certified on the Microsoft side, so you went ahead and bought yourself some equipment, and they they let you borrow the books with the guy. It was actually Novell. On that the, time, oh yeah, yeah. Novell side mm-hmm. because yeah. you need to have some equipment because you're going to do yourself a giant disservice if you go out there and you get certified on something and you, I don't know, you study for a couple weeks and you are good enough to actually be able to pass the test, and then or the seven tests, yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> whatever, and then then you get it, and then you apply for a job three years later. And they're like, oh, you have your MCSE. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course I do. And they have you start the next day, and you haven't used it in forever. Because looking back, when, when I did get my MCSE, I was using it a bit. 
when I was working for W3 Consulting. But at the house, what I did was I, I put all of our local computers on the network. So kind of like what you were saying, Absolutely. Dave, where you were installing stuff at the house. That was so fun, yeah. But I had a, I had <laughs> a very so silly, limited man. ability no, to do that. Silly. It was so I mean, it was, it was the fact that like even when you left Marshall and you weren't necessarily doing the help desk for, for Blackboard anymore, some of that stuff might have slowly shifted to a different portion of your brain when you were working on how in the world you were going to get um, – wireless access points at Pompeii at that point <laughs> with, 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 with the active volcanoes you had around exactly. the a pile of dust over here. So, I mean, you need to, I would say whatever skills you get, you need to make sure you keep them honed. You can go Fresh. ahead and make sure to, yeah. to recertify yourself if you want, but make sure you're actively looking at that because they are muscles like anything else. And if you mm-hmm. don't actually keep those working out, they're going to atrophy and on your resume, it's going to look like, hey, you're you're a yeah, you're you're a Novell guy or you're, you're a Microsoft guy, ninja. <laughs> and and you and you haven't done it very often, and you're like, oh yeah, well yeah, of course I am, and then you just end up like writing a check that your <laughs> that your brain at that point can't cash because you're so out of date and you you're rusty on it. You need to make sure that whatever you're selling yourself as you you do try to eat, sleep, and breathe it as much as possible. Use so it or lose it. Yeah. yeah but I also don't disagree with, you know, just going to get cert for no reason. But, like, if you have an exchange at your company, I mean, I would oh, yes. go get the exchange because that's oh, going to yeah. be useful. You're going to have the cert that oh, says, yes. you know. But, I mean, that's because you, have, you have exchange there. And that's you what can you're saying, yeah. 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 You're I saying mean, don't just go get one that's for something that you your company don't even have yeah like like I'm microsoft sure. has the and that's commu- what there's so many for they've got the the i think they got the messaging one right now which is link server oh, uh, skype, for, skype business. for business yeah i've never i've never and well they they still even have it worded right now it's as still link, link slash skype yeah. for business yeah. so i i don't play with one of those at all during the day there's i don't see a benefit for me to now go out there and get an mcse just to have an extra mcse on that because if i apply for a job and they see that they're going to expect that i supposedly have some experience could, with that and that you could install it and make it function and everything you'd be yeah like, I and and, and for me to say oh well no actually um i just i just study for that so i would get more money if i went someplace <laughs> that's not a very nice i mean that would be truthful but that would not be what you want to say in an interview because then they would question all of your other it right. supposed experience you know, so, I would say you guys were all my students, and I'm not a traditional academic. And so when I came in there, you know, Dr. Hayes, Bob Hayes, had said, you know, they, they were looking to see at Marshall, if um, at the Community and Technical College, if they needed to hire some person to come in as a faculty member, or they were going to kind of like farm out those MCSC classes. And so he said, you know, can do you think you can take this, you know, create this uh, program and get it off, off the ground on your own? And I was young and stupid, and I said, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> But if I had come in there and I had had, if I was a typical academic and I hadn't had, you're always talking about how I tell all these stories and everything. Well, yeah. those are hard-won stories, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, what, what was I said? Um, lessons learned and scar tissue earned. And, and so, you know, you guys would not, you would not have paid nearly as much attention probably to me if, if I hadn't been able to tell you things that really happened. Because, you know, I think I think you, you got the most out of that stuff is when I would say, you know, hey, don't do this because this is, this is what can happen to you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, don't do this. Don't work for people that don't pay you because of yada, yada. But don't burn your bridges because everything goes around, comes around, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, even though uh, it hit me the other day, I started out as an adjunct, too, in 1999, a part-time teacher. But I was still, you know, working and doing that stuff all along. And then when I left... 
and it didn't take very long for the computer store to just you know fall apart and not because i left but because it got sold to somebody else but i stayed up with consulting because those customers followed me just mm. like you were talking about Dave, and and so they they talked me into doing it i did not plan on being a consultant you know after i wanted to be because it was i was a teacher and it was a hard enough job as it is and it is a hard job and so but you know, to it, you stay, you keep your hand in it and that kind of stuff, and it keeps you, you know, keeps you honest, keeps you fresh or whatever. But I would also say, like you were saying with the uh, the certification, you never know what certification would get you a job, because I was just mentioned this to my mom the other day. Um, I had gotten a Compaq accredited systems engineer, and I did that because Compaq came to us as a as a company and said, you know, we we need to have a Compaq service center. We need somebody to be that and to support our education customers. And to do that, you're going to have to have a compact systems engineer, one in your company, who has to already be a CNE or an MCSE. And then you had to go and pass three more exams. And then after that, our, our repair technicians would take one exam, kind of like A+, to be a compact accredited repair technician. And so I thought, what a waste. You know, I'm going to... That's three exams, and they were not easy. They were tough. They were very compact specific, and then it ended up, um, you know, rolling over to, into an HP systems engineer. So I got that one too. But out of the out of the blue, one day somebody called me at home and they said, "Is this you know Robert Nicholas?" And I said, "Yeah." I could tell they didn't know who I was at that time. <laughs> and so I no, said, they didn't "Yeah." Call you Scott? <laughs> yeah. No, the people that know me call me Scott. You know. And so he said, um, "Are you a, uh, a compact systems engineer an ASE?" And I said, "Yes." And he said want a job in cleveland <laughs> i said no it gets really cold up there in cleveland i don't think i want one up there but i could have just out of the blue gotten a job from right. a, a certification i thought was a throwaway and it, it was because they needed that same role in their company to be a, a repair center for them and um and so never turned down a, a certification because i mean i learned a lot from that I, I actually had to learn a lot of stuff about that about heartbeats you know when when you had you had shared storage and and nodes you know and you were trying to do all this kind of stuff really mainframe almost enterprise level technology that i hadn't messed with a whole lot and so never turn them down go ahead and get them when you can because you, you never know what's going to get you a job mm-hmm. so. well i will say if you do buy yourself a home network if you do do like what dave did to try to keep himself up to date constantly refresh it because these these days I still it's expensive. Well, I mean, no, I don't <laughs> yeah. mean like that necessarily, but I mean like I still teach the Microsoft classes. If I wanted to, I could simply go the online route, and we've talked about the online route. But if you go the online route, I could use a program like Test Out or something like that to push it out. But we still teach them traditionally. I don't use Test Out in my classroom. Instead, I come in every semester before the semester starts, as as Scott taught me from tradition, coming in setting up the lab, installing. Way back when, we installed Server 2003, and we copied the i3d6 folder to a share off the machine, and we used... Booted it up with a boot floppy? Yeah, we, we, we had a BART DOS disk that That's actually right, was man. a networkable disk, and you would <laughs> copy it over. But, I mean, now I I do all of my own image disks for my for my machines. I've got Dell 9020s. And I, you even drag your mom and dad in there to help do that, too. Yeah, well, I mean, they, you know, if I tell them what buttons to push, they can, they can help. <laughs> yes. But, but I set up my entire lab because if I wouldn't do that, I wouldn't stay fresh on it. If all I was doing was just teaching it the whole time, if every semester I was not reinstalling Windows, installing WDS, 
making sure I have my images laid out the way I need to, pushing the images out of the computer. Having things not work. Yeah, having things not home. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That right when, there is the key. When, 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 the 90, <laughs> when we got the 9020s, I had the worst time with getting my um, with getting my images done so, so badly that anybody out there that knows WDS, I had to use a capture image to actually send my WIM file up to the WDS. You couldn't just capture it by hand and import it. But and we're you, still still speaking English. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> but, but you you know you run into these things, so that still allows me that even in a teaching environment, I can deploy right. a network which I normally wouldn't be able to do. Mm-hmm. So so maybe Rick, I would say maybe in your environment, if you can get your hands on deploying a classroom like we're in now and having to do that as well as the help desk, or you just decide to get your image all ready for the next time, maybe that will give you the little bit of the hands on you want right now and crave. If you're bored in a particular aspect, well, I mean that's it. what I did in my previous position. So, yes, uh, but was, do you do you miss it? No. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Take well. my wife, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I need to, I, I need to move into something new that I've not even played with. Going on the thing about to, like troubleshooting yeah. is the fact Plumber? that if say you just decide that the you want to actually upgrade a domain server from 2008. You're not upgrading the server itself, just the OS mm-hmm. from 2008 to 2012. That can be very tricky. And talking about learning, it's fun to stick that disk in or take that image, make it upgrade at home because you know I have a, a server, mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, there are, you know network cards didn't install. PC uh, load letter. What the? F- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's all kinds of um, devices that just didn't just didn't come over. You're like, how well, can 2008 <laughs> run those devices when 2012 right. won't? You're like, it should automatically, but they don't. So well, even now it's good practice, and it's always been good practice, but it doesn't always work. That you should try and upgrade in a non-production environment. Absolutely. Oh yes. And these days with virtualization, <laughs> yeah. that should be right. that should be easier, easier than mm-hmm. ever. Way easier. Oh yeah. 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 So to give that a shot. So. So we're, we're, we're finishing up here, but what I want to check real fast with you two is if you have any uh, standout, horrible ID10T moments out there you want to throw out. That we personally done ourselves or that we watch somebody else do? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Scott and I have talked about a lot of horrible situations. And if you have if you have one we've not discussed, Scott, you're more than welcome to throw one out there. I'm I'm, I'm at a loss. Currently. I'll tell you a good one though. But go ahead, you guys. If, uh, if you're thinking, well, maybe, you can't maybe, come up with one. maybe this will get your all juices well, going. I've got school. one right off the top of my head. If okay, okay. sure. So well, this actually happened in my previous position where I was the uh, the imaging manager. I guess you could call it. Okay. Um. So I created this lab. It was it was multi platform. Well multi-computer types they always had the different types of uh, opti- their optiplexes coming out so so by that you're saying you had to make sure that you had different all the models. different drivers for all the right. different models loaded onto right. that operating system so that the correct the correct machine could grab the correct drivers right so at this point i think the top of the line optiplex model was a 755 and a whole bunch of those that's a ways back yeah we're talking <laughs> six seven years uh 745s and then 620s my image worked on every one of the computers except for one lab and i could not figure out what in the world was going on this was two days before the semester was going to start up so i'm no working pressure. i'm working over the weekend I, i'm actually here on campus till three four in the morning trying to figure out what in the world this problem is well wow, they can do that 
They so can be on campus at three or four in the morning. <laughs> I know, isn't it amazing? Gosh, I used to be able to do that. But you're saying you like too. maybe you had 3620s on this campus, but there are 25 of them in a particular room that the image is not taken. Right. Yet it's working for right. all other 300. So, yeah, it's working on all the 755, 745s, and other 620s. But this group of 620s, for whatever reason, and, and this it will seem pretty the, obvious the scope later. Of the problem, but yes, yeah, for scope. some reason they, they they wouldn't work. So. Out of frustration, this should have actually been the first thing I'd done. It's like, well, maybe since these are small form factor 620s and not the standard mid-tire 620s, there were some hardware compromises made for the smaller situation. And, of course, Mm -hmm. that was what it was. And I had wasted basically 18 hours of my life trying to figure this out. (laughs) It should have been the most but obvious thing. you never thing. forgot that, did you? Oh, no. It's that's, like, that's it doesn't a, matter. It's still the same family, but it's... That's technically physical layer, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it should have been oh so obvious, but for whatever reason, it was What's not. Different? <laughs> What's different between this one and all the other ones? They're smaller. I don't know. I, I thought all the hardware would be the same, but no. Oh, that God. was a bad assumption. Um, my good one that I can tell you, you know, is the uh, the thing where you've got a customer that really appreciates you. I, I went to, to bring in machines for these people. You know, they were upgrading their stuff and everything. I'd done work with them. And believe it or not, they were actually the first one that set, tracked me down after I left the computer store. And they said, we really want you to to keep working, doing our network. And this was, you know, they said this much after the story I'm telling you guys. But they were getting these big, huge monitors. And at that time, monitors were a monitor, man. They were <laughs> a CRT, you know, and they were very unwieldy, big ones especially because they were very top-heavy thing on, on the screen side. And so I was carrying one in for their main secretary there, and she had one of these, um, she had a big desk, and it had one of these plate glass, pieces of glass over top of her desk, you know. And a lot of places still have that, you know, because it's kind of old school. But anyway, so I was bringing up the monitor, and it felt like a thing just jumped out of my hands and kapow, right on top of her desk and broke the glass. Oh, no. That never happened to me before that. has never happened to me since. And, I mean, you talk about just being appalled at what had just happened to you, you know, because it felt like it jumped out of my hands. And so I said, oh, my God, I am so sorry. And I, I was, I got to tell you, it's like, I just, I wanted to cry almost, you know, <laughs> about the whole thing. And her boss, who was the head of the company, w- was in the other room. He said, what just happened? And, and I said, I'm so sorry. I said, I'll pay for that. And he said, what, what just happened? Hang on. So he gets up and he comes out and he goes, don't worry about that. And I said, what? You know, because I mean, I knew that was expensive. Mm-hmm. That was a big, expensive piece of glass. And um, I said, I will completely take that off your bill. Don't worry about it. He said, hey, Scott. I said, don't worry and I said, I'm worried, you know, and it was like maybe 1130 in the morning or whatever. He said, you know what? Don't worry. And I said, I can't help it. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll pay for it. He said, listen, calm down. You know, he said, it's almost lunchtime. You go to lunch. And he said, when you come back, I'll have that fixed and it won't cost me anything. And I said, what are you talking about? And they were, they were a construction company. He said, I, I could call up three different people right now and they would come and they'd fix that for me for free. <laughs> but why because i buy a lot of glass <laughs> and he said you know don't worry about that i said i am he said go to lunch just go go to lunch come back you'll and just relax calm down you'll, you'll be you'll it'll all be gone and so i went to lunch i came back it was fixed and he said what did i tell you and i said you said you'd have it fixed he said and what did i pay for it nothing <laughs> and he said so you know, don't worry about that. You know, you do a good job. We're you're glad to have you. You know, and I said, oh my gosh. I mean, I still, I still wanted to cry over you know because I was like, <laughs> and and he said, you know, don't worry about it. 
you, you do a good job and we're glad to have you or something like that and i was like oh my gosh i mean i still it almost brings tears to my eyes now still <laughs> because that meant so much to me that mm. they were like he he was the owner of the company and he's like don't worry about that do not worry about that i'll have that fixed before lunch is over and it won't cost me anything and it's not going to cost you either so don't worry about that mm-hmm. and so when i when they tracked me down that really in my head that was rolling over and i was like i want to keep helping these people right and so and then they told other people too you know like yeah guess where i found him you know he's at such and such and so i i only did consulting for people that i wanted to mm. people that paid the bill and that was a, a a really huge positive influence for me to do that and so make the relationships with customers it, it, they're not just customers they're they're your friends you know and, and you do what you do whatever you could for them you know that kind of thing so anyway my two cents worth it's worth what it cost you and you didn't have to go to lunch and get it replaced for free <laughs> <laughs> david were you able to think of one i i mean i probably got all kinds of silly stories or whatnot um just thinking about the industrial plant that that slag one was pretty good though yeah, yeah. Was, and, and you touched it i mean that and i touched it yeah that's that probably really good right there <laughs> oh it touched me yeah, yeah. But just so you know yeah from Across the road was where the just the office building was with you know ten or twelve people just the office people, mm-hmm. um, and they ran fiber optic underneath the road and over to the wow. actual industrial part. So I'm like, okay, where do these go? Why not? So they, what it is, is when they had them, they I mean it's an industrial plant. They don't really have any place to put this. So they just basically sort of they use these high hardcore zip ties, so to speak, made <laughs> metal ones, and that they just you know, stapled them across the beams for the fiber. For the fiber. Ooh. Okay. Now this was in the the protected. The no. Big are, are you saying? Are you fiber. saying like they just had a pole here and a pole there and like a telephone pole? No, they went pole? underground. He said. No, remember they went under the road to get to the plant and then they brought it up into a box in the plant. Mm-hmm. But then when you go into the plant to go to the, th- they had the three electromagnetic uh, or whatever yeah, spots. There are three uh, buildings inside there that uh, mm-hmm. do each pot right. as they're uh, melting or smelting. And they had to run a, a fiber to each of those out of this thing, and but what they did is they just used those big metal zip ties and they tied had no it conduit to the beams. or anything. No, they yeah. didn't conduit or anything, huh? That would have been good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> which, which, we are doing so, fiber optic, which doesn't have you know, there's no EMI or EMI. That's, yeah, that, that that's what huge, I was thinking when you said EMI, but also very, very brittle, dull, brittle, and you know. It was on the back side where he wouldn't get to it and stuff, but you're right. Yeah, Yeah, it could be. But it had been there already for a few years, and it seemed like it was fine. But what it is, what costs some money, is that we I wanted them to run. They wanted this other little building that's like, you know, it's probably, you know, 50 yards from the building. But you had to go from the second story down to the first and then over to this building. And they spend the money to run this fiber over there for me. We hook up this one machine. They just wanted this one machine to be able so that they could read this meter. Uh, if, if, if you know what a baghouse is, it, it a baghouse, you know, when you're smelting, there's dust that comes out of the smelting. And what it is these gigantic vacuum cleaner things called these huge buildings suck the dust up and they put it in. And they want to read some meters over there, what's going on with the baghouse. So I get, you know, we pay the guys to run it, but they actually just use the internal uh, uh, electricians at the place. They, oh, yeah. They, they, you know, so they got, but they had those guys work over the weekend and do it because it wasn't their normal shift. Anyway, uh, we get a guy to come in and they had to put the fiber ends on. Oh, boy, Okay, yeah. so that's a little expensive too. Cost a couple, maybe 2000 bucks or something. So we get there and I hook up this machine is 
straight binary. I mean, we're talking 1950s. It, 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 like mechanical like, switches. Like the, uh, almost it's, like the, the, the stock ticker. <laughs> With, I was thinking earlier when you were talking about the ticker well, they tape. They showed me a printout of the code. It was like 10- you know, code 20. You know what I'm talking about? The old school. Like basic. Yeah. Like basic. And then it was compiled and it would run it. It was it was true basic. And so, okay, I get the, it takes a while. Let me think to get, you know, get my head back into really old stuff. And I get this to an XP machine to read it and function it and start sending the data over there. And like the very next day, I'm like... They're like, well, I can't read this, and I'm trying to ping it. No IP address. I go over there. I look at it. Look at it. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it shows like, you know, a light's still on where the fiber's connected. Just can't figure it out. And we go another day or two, and I'm like, I don't know. What, this makes no sense. And finally, we go up, and we're looking around. We follow the fiber. And sure enough, like a panel, it's like, like sheet metal panel had come down and just chopped it in half, and, and then it flew out into the yard, and nobody ever noticed it. No. So there's this, and I'm like, oh, could that have really happened? We just chopped a super expensive piece uh, because they had just brought up the steel beam on the mm-hmm. side of the, and just zip-tied it up, and then put ran it in the building for me. You know, there were, it was a bundle, too, of like eight. Oh. All eight are cut. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. So I don't know. I just... That's probably one of the funniest stories because it took several days for us to figure out why is this thing not reading. It's always the physical part you check last. Oh man, should be the first, (laughs) but it's no. So, well, great. Well, thank you guys so much for coming in and doing the interview and having a bit of a mini reunion with me and Scott. Thanks for having us. I I love that. Absolutely. Yeah, and I hope everybody out there can listen to your different trajectories, take stuff from your, from your advice that you've got out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also hopefully, you know, utilize that in some way in, in their lives, but that's going to do it this week for talk on tech. As a reminder, we have um, a couple different ways you can contact us. You can contact us on Twitter at talk on tech MCTC. You can send us email at our old email address of talk on tech at gmail.com. And we also have new email addresses at uh, talkontechpodcast.com. There is Patrick at talkontechpodcast.com. So as Scott said, you can send me all of your plumber slash Cisco hate mail. There you go. <laughs> there is also Josh at talkontechpodcast.com. And there is also Scott at podca- or talkontechpodcast.com. <laughs> he said it as a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. mouthful. I was, I was trying to keep it all, keep it all there together. <laughs> nice. so. You can send love email for, for plumbers on that one if you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to do it for this week. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time. 